0: back, guys. Welcome back to Awkward of Black. We're glad you guys are still with us. We're glad you guys are still subscribed. We're still going to be here, of course. I have myself. Of course, I have Brittany here. Uh, we do have a guest here as well today. No, the guest is not Daniel. He's not on <laughs> this. <laughs> we do have a guest here as well. Um, R&B singer in Toronto, known throughout the GTA. I actually met this individual. We went to college together. I met this individual back in, I want to say it was 2008. I can't even remember exactly how we met. I know we met through DM Cool. I can't remember exactly how it actually happened, but we were friends ever since. I partied with this guy. Uh, He's an Ottawa native. He's brought me out to Ottawa for Canada Day, I think, two or three times. Uh, Just monumental experiences. First time I had a beaver tail, to be honest. Um, I know he has an epic story. Um, I want him to get to it and not me. I think the first time I ever heard him actually sing, I was friends with this guy for two years. I didn't know he could sing. I knew he could do the Dougie, but I didn't know he could sing. Cause that was Arthur, that was that was the bad move. Always doing the Dougie at every dance we went to. But it wasn't until we had like a showcase or something in college. And we had the local pub and I was done my class. And I didn't you know he was in there. I walked into the pub and I heard somebody singing uh, R. Kelly. It's a little controversial now. But he was singing R. Kelly, and it went down, ladies. It went down. I mean, there was girls fluttering the stage. I didn't know who it was at first. I was like, "Who's we'll singing like that?" That guy's really. was really, "Really good singer." And then I think I saw Andrew, and Andrew was like, "Yo, that's Dell." And I had to go up and be like, "Okay, I didn't know. I didn't know." Um, back in the day, we had me and Dean Cool had DJ TV. We definitely, we definitely brought him on. And we used those little table discussions. We go back. Um, ladies and gentlemen, with no further ado, Mr. Symphony, Mr. Staycation, which is the perfect song right now. You hit that right at the exact moment. I want to bring to you Mr. Del Hartley. Dell one motherfucking L. Let's go.
1: Hey, I appreciate that intro, man. That's a legendary intro. I got to clap for that, man.
0: Thank you. I appreciate hey. that. Man. All from the top. off of the top.
1: Yeah, man. We go, we, we go way back, man. I remember like when I... When I first moved here from Ottawa, man, like you're you were like you, Daniel, Andrew, like we're like the the core group of peoples, man. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, man. It t- man time flies, man. It's crazy.
0: Time flies, man. Yeah, it's it's been about shit. It's been ten years. Yeah, it's been a whole decade. Shit. Shit! God damn! All Why the party, all the club. So not
2: realizing how long you guys have been friends. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've, even, I've even met people through you, like Goliath Pa, who's another recording artist in Toronto, who your cousin's with as well. You know what man? Okay, I want to. I want to start from the beginning. Um, I sometimes I like to document people's life and history, and I've always felt—and I mean this genuinely—out of all, out of all, out of all my friends, I always felt like you were the one that was gonna make. From the moment I heard you sing, I was like, yo, this guy can sing. And I've always championed that. Every time you put out anything, I'm the first person to post it, repost it, share it, comment on it. Like, I've always championed it because I saw the talent without without any blockers. Since since whatever that was, 08, 09, And I've always said, this guy is going to make it. said that from the very beginning. I've always told Daniel that as well. But I want to start from the beginning. I know you came from Ottawa. I know you were in college with me in the GTA. What, tell me about that upbringing. Tell me about, uh, actually, yo, let's start from the beginning. Tell me about upbringing. Tell me about growing up in Ottawa. Give it to me from the, from the beginning,
1: man. Growing up in Ottawa, man, it was it was cold, cold, man. And, like, how? what can I say? Is just like, it's, Ottawa or Canada in general is a melting pot, so, like, I, I had, like, a like a multitude of like different friends it's like asian friends somali friends white friends indian friends so like uh, it was you know it, what, what can i say man like just to even be in this country i, w- I would say this year is just to pre- preempt all this stuff but then everything that's happened this year like i've, I've done like a lot of reflecting mm-hmm. and it's just like we are blessed like a lot of the issues that we have here in this world are all first world problems so it's just uh, like I, I don't even consider myself sure. having problems The fact that you, the fact that, you know, that, you know, us three here right right now in the zoom chat, like we, we won the lottery and we were actually able to be birthed. And we're still here to this day alive, able to, you know, to, to manifest to whatever, whatever we want. And that's really, that's really what it is and what it comes down to. And, uh, damn, So I would say it's like a a great awakening, but like Ottawa, man, like I wouldn't say it's anything like anything crazy, like, uh, played, played a lot of basketball, um, Huge uh, Jordan Iverson fan. Um, last time I actually had my hair this long. I, I used to like have, my mom used to like braid my hair on like cornrows and I used to be like a little Iverson dude and <laughs> 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 it was funny. It was funny. Um, but yeah, like it's it just, it's, well, I don't think I have anything. I'm, I'm a very boring ass dude. I <laughs> lies,
0: lies, 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 lies. I, 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 I ain't know you're not a boring ass <laughs> dude. I've been around you for too long. But, um, but, um, but no, I've, I've definitely been to Ottawa. You can definitely walk the city in a day. Ottawa is very similar to Toronto. It's a melting pot. Africans and Caribbeans, Asians, mm. all like. Everybody kind of comes there. Ottawa, Ontario probably has more people, but Ottawa has more diversity because the embassy is definitely there. So everybody comes straight from there. I know you're back out of some Liberia. So I definitely yeah. understand when you say being blessed. We're from the Caribbean, me and Brittany. So especially when you go back to the Caribbean, you're like, not and even you go Like, you when you when you get when you get to the airport and you do that ride from the airport to your resort, <laughs> yeah. You're like, God,
1: that's the reality yeah. check. That's the reality <laughs> check.
0: <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah, man. Oh no, I, I definitely understand that. What was um? So, I guess I'll start with this question. Um, what was your musical influences like? Did you come from a musical family? I know your cousin does hip hop, but. What was your musical influences growing up? Like who were the artists, who were the R&B artists that influenced you? What did you come from a musical family?
1: Um, I wouldn't say I came from a musical family. Like my mom sang, uh, she sang in church. Um, But other than that, like my dad used to like DJ, like our, you know, like our friends parties, like those like Caribbean parties, the house parties. Um, So like, I used to like go through his like records and, but like I was heavy on Michael Jackson, um, like Teddy Pendergrass, like, you know, a little pr- prince. Like, anything that was on those, yeah. like, VHS cassettes that my mom would, like, tape over, like, the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Yeah, man.
0: Wait all day for the song to come on and just...
1: Right? That's the thing. It, it, it's funny, because, like, I, I keep telling the story. Like, it, it was... Um, I came across one of those VHS tapes, and it was, like, uh, Michael Jackson, like, live in Bucharest, like, 1992. Like, wow, the one where, like, the, 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 the nigga was, like... Like he did like man in the mirror and like he had like oh. a jetpack. <laughs> oh. <That's awesome. laughs> yeah, You see that and you're just like, damn, like the, the way that this guy, like his conviction to his art, like it's, it's, it's electrifying. Right. You, you yeah. see like the people passing out, regardless of was fake or real, it's like, mm-hmm. you believed it, but, um, it's, it's, it's crazy. So like it was from there, I was just kind of like, okay, you know what more Michael Jackson tunes, you start humming some of the melodies and you know, I became like a in, in the closet singer and, uh, yeah, it was uh actually Goliath and like his brother Game <laughs> when they found out they used to like they would like pimp me out and be like, yo, look, let's go to the mall, sing to these girls, sing to these girls. So like <laughs>
3: <laughs> because I know that I like,
1: can definitely see it. <laughs> I can
0: bring, I can bring up with that up have Goliath out here too, but bring that up, man.
1: <laughs> but good times, man, good times.
0: Nah man, no, that's Michael Michael Jackson was um Michael Jackson was actually I love Michael Jackson as well. I would say it's I always like to see what it's like growing up in everyone's household. I know when you grow up in Canada, it's like inside your house is your parents' country and outside your house
3: is mm. Canada. So I am recording <laughs>
0: like all the musical influences up to like the age of seven were all reggae and soca for me. Mm. And then around seven, eight is when I started to jump into like R and B and hip hop. That's how it was. Was that like that for you or were your parents already playing like the Motown classics in the house in the moment you were
1: I would say it was pretty much the same, man. Everything from, like, the, the Murder, She Wrote, all, like, the Caribbean Soka classics. Yeah. All those yeah. joints, man. It's funny. On side note, like, I, I looked at the lyrics to, like, Murder, She Wrote the other day, and I was yep. just like,
3: Damn.
1: Yeah. I'm like, this is what this man is saying? It's crazy. So,
0: man. when you go through half for of those tracks, like, when you're a kid, you're like, me and my Benzies. Like, yeah. As soon as you get older, you're just like, to all of my jiggers and my sincere. You start, start <laughs> going bad, and you're just like, if you ain't chitchy, it's like, what? I what?
3: <laughs>
0: think back the lyrics, you're like, okay, I yeah, thought song was about partying. I didn't know it was about banishing gay people, but all right. <laughs> but no, no, no. Right. A lot of
1: those songs are a bit controversial now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially when so you realize
2: right. what they're actually saying. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, like, okay.
0: The first song I heard you ever sing was R. Kelly. And I'm trying to remember which R. Kelly song it was.
1: It was I Believe I Can Fly. I, I remember I that. I Can
0: Fly, yes.
2: Oh, that's such a nice song.
1: Oh, right? <laughs> That's like I the, don't know the, the, the Space video, damn classic. <laughs> right? I don't know if
2: the
0: video was still up there. If the video is still up there, Dell, I would say take it down. But I don't know if it's still up there, but that was the first time I heard you sing. It blew me out. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Would you say, you 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 can, you can be honest, would you say R. Kelly was one of your biggest influences growing up as well as Michael Jackson?
1: I want to say, like, he was up there, yeah, because, like, the dude, his pen was crazy, man. Like, any, like, the melodies, anything this dude sang, it was like a, a hit, a classic. Everybody sang to it. There's so much, uh, well, it's part of the culture yeah
2: <laughs> i'm fortunate of
1: all the 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 shit that's going on and like the the things that he's done but like you can't in my personal opinion you can't take that away from him no, no you not. can't you can't take
2: he's, that he's away actually from. brilliant so, so <laughs> unfortunately yeah. he's brilliant.
0: i'm i'm
1: i'm a believer
0: in cancel the person don't cancel their work right because now now you have all the cosby kids trying to get jobs right so <laughs>
3: i'm
0: like don't do it like, that's just the way I see it. Like, at the end of the day, like, I'm, I'm not even going to justify or do anything for R. Kelly's trash. But I would let the music slide. Like, R. Kelly's made hits. I remember I was having a conversation with somebody. If R. Kelly was in a versus battle, who alive could beat R. Kelly? And I was like, nobody. There's, yeah. nobody. There's nobody in R&B alive that could face R. Kelly in a versus battle. It, it can't be done. Yeah. You probably have to go to, like, Stevie Wonder. Probably it.
1: Yeah, let me think. Let me think on that.
2: Alive.
1: Yeah, a li- alive. Oh. Yeah, so Chris Brown
2: <laughs> touched Yeah, know. like who weirdly, I don't even know. I actually uh,
1: Yeah, nobody can right touch now. him, man.
0: But after Prince and Michael died, Stevie's probably the closest. I don't think Stevie has the same amount of hits. I think Stevie has more iconic songs, obviously. Yeah. You know, when we're doing, we're doing like 20 tracks against 20 tracks, Stevie's gonna be done after 10.
1: I, I would say, I would count them as hits, because like, you also have to think about the time, too, right?
0: No, 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 it definitely hits. Yeah. I like, just think Kelly has more. Like, Arkelly oh, yeah, has, yeah, yeah. Stevie has, like, 15, is what I'm saying.
1: True, 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 true. Yeah. So
0: if we're doing, like, track for track, Kelly's gonna end up winning eventually. Oh,
1: but, it's gonna body him. Okay. But
0: yeah. No, man, no, no. Honestly, what was, um? I want to know, so I know, that, uh, I know that, that, that your cousins really pushed you to sing, but what was that moment where you decided to say this was it? Because I remember when we were in college, it's like, you made a transition. And all of a sudden, you were all the you went from being about the academics to all the way about the music career. And I remember you putting yourself headfirst in, with no plan B, never looking back. I respected that, especially when it came to my own entrepreneur um, adventures as well. But what was that moment? Was it that? Was it that day at the pub? What was that moment where you are like, "I'm doing this"?
1: I would say it was before that, man. I would say that moment kind of happened in high school because, like, I. If I wasn't, if I didn't decide to do this music thing, I probably wouldn't, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation right now. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I would say that moment though, was like the first time I actually publicly sang in front of people, like, which was like high school. It was like, I think, uh, grade 10, grade 10. And it was high school assembly. I sang, uh, Usher, You Remind Me um, the microphone cut off like the first half of the verse. So it's just like the first time I'm ever going to sing in front of everybody. You can't fuck up all your peers uh, and girls uh, and you're pressing on it. and then nothing works, but then like it gets to the chorus and it actually starts vibing and then, you know, it, no, it, it no. wasn't bad. So then from there you hear the applause, you get that, you know, that adrenaline rush. And it's just like, okay, you know what, this is, this could be it. And then from yeah. there, you know, you kind of start developing it, man. And then that's when I decided to, it was after high school, because right after high school, I like graduated right in 07. Um, yeah, that's like literally what? We graduated in May, September I was in Toronto. <laughs>
3: yeah,
0: no, that's 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 good, that's good. Especially coming from Ottawa, that's amazing, man. I know it's it's a little harder to come from Ottawa. Like you got Avril, you got Belly, you got a few people. I was not even from Ottawa, but it's right outside. But it's, it's a little it's harder. It's like she doesn't even claim it. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a little harder, man. I can imagine, like, I'm coming from Brampton it's hard. So I can I can only imagine, right? So, no, no. Um, I would say, like, I've listened to... Uh, Everything you put out actually. And I would say, um, to me, I don't know, I don't, I don't know how you want to categorize it. I'm gonna let you do that in a second, but to me I would say I know a lot of people don't like to categorize their art compared to other artists because it's like I'm my own person. Of course I know a lot of people hate that. But I wouldn't compare you to anybody. I would just say you have a very like nineties soul vibe, but it's not it's like ninety soul, but it's a little more like the early two thousand vibe. How would you how would you categorize them? I know a lot of people don't want to like Compare himself to an artist, I don't want to do that, but musically, like, what era of music would you would you put yourself into?
1: The well, like, hey, I, sorry, sorry, to, sorry to cut you off. Um, I would say you had it down pat, man. I would say '90s because that's like what my vibe is. That's my sound, like, yeah. like the 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 '90s Michael Jackson stuff, like the '90s Usher stuff, like um, when the '2000s hit, like when the John Legend's came out. Like, oh, I, yeah. I would say if you put a lot of those artists in in, in a melting pot, like you kind of you kind of get me with like. I guess maybe if you take those, you put those, uh, you put those artists in a blender, and then you sprinkle that on top of like a cake. Yeah. That's what the. Yeah. Would be. yeah,
0: I wanted, I wanted to say John Legend-esque, but I didn't want to do that to you because I, I know people, people like hate that, right? So, ah, like, it's,
1: but it's 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 a good comparison. You could be like, you know, Little Pump-esque, and you know, yeah. <laughs> so hey, but it's just like I draw inspiration from that. It's because of John Legend. I play piano, right? So,
3: hmm.
1: so you know, that's where the inspiration comes from. So he's gotta give credit where credit is due, and. Well, once you kind of get on that path, you just gotta, you know, kind of keep hitting home. It's that Kobe mentality, man.
0: Nah, man, your music is definitely good. Actually, our first ever date, I actually, (laughs) 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 we're working together. I I invited her to your show on Queen. And I remember we we had some weed chocolates before. (laughs) 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 She introduced herself. You went up, and she was like,
2: mesmerized. like
0: this. I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> like what's up what's good why do you look at my boy like that like, no, 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 you
2: sounded, no you sounded amazing so the wheat chocolates didn't the wheat chocolates just made me tune into you so much more and like just like what is happening i was like no no this sounds great
3: it
0: sounds great like as soon as as soon as you were done singing she turns around and she's like i have to throw up and i was like what yeah so, you no know, we literally left we walked all the way down college with daniel to grab a w while daniel was paying she's like i have to leave i'm gonna throw up this i was literally holding her up in, in, like, in like an alley on spadina this girl just,
3: painted.
0: i had to pick her back up and i'm like yo this weed brownie i had it too like i can't even do this i didn't know that she was like drug sensitive this girl painted <laughs> to back up some random guy walks by and he's like is she okay and I'm just like I
2: somehow magically told him I was fine <laughs> I don't know how <laughs> okay. happened
0: and then it's like yo Jess Jess when I was about to call the cops cause I'm like yo she's done like she was on the ground I had to hold her yeah. up um, I, I literally called the cops I have them on speaker she vomits I hung up the phone she vomited I'm like we have to leave here we leave, <laughs> we, we, catch to the leave bus. Here. we go all the way to Yorkdale I drive her home and I was like that was the first date ever Yeah." Like,
2: and the funny thing was the next day I like came into work, had to go home sick, but I went up to him and I was like, I'm just, I'm not feeling that well. I'm just going to go home. And like, I didn't even get mad. I didn't get mad. Nothing. That was our first date and it was hilarious.
1: <laughs> well, that's good. Hey, that's a good foundation <laughs> for a good relationship. <laughs> I was like, like, I
0: was asking, i was like, do you remember Della? And she's like, I remember him being good.
2: Yeah, like my whole brain like yes, turned enough. off.
1: That's awesome. That is awesome. Oh my gosh.
2: It was like watching you through tunnel vision. That's how it felt for me. So like I had to listen to your music like after because the only recollection I have of you is like standing at a microphone like, playing and I'm just like mesmerized, but I don't remember what I heard. I just knew that you sounded great and that was it.
1: That's awesome. I gotta <laughs> I gotta get you to write a review. It's like mesmerizing. <laughs> I don't remember.
2: Like, <laughs> I was <mesmerizing>. Would
1: recommend.
3: <laughs> That's I recommend, awesome.
0: I recommend you smoke some weed before you listen to
3: Dell.
0: <laughs> no, <What? laughs> no, honestly, man, I'm, I'm so glad to have you on, man. Um, especially if one of my first guests, I think your career is gonna blow. I know you I know you uh dropped staycation. Was that just before um the COVID? Like no, the that- lockdown?
1: During COVID. That was um in... Yeah,
0: I know it was just the other day when, when you told me about... Okay, yeah, it was okay, okay. okay. And how has that been doing? I know, I, I, I got Apple Music, so I got that right away. But how has that been doing?
1: Yeah, I just have it up there on rotation. Honestly, this year, because of this whole pandemic, and we don't even know where the industry is going to land, technically, because, uh, like, a lot of if you're in music, the bread and butter is the shows. If you're doing yeah. shows, that's yeah. how you make your money. Technically the music is free promo So yeah. like um, I just really been taking the time to work on myself, to take my time, staying off the internet, because mm-hmm. with this, well, as you know, you probably know, there's oh, so oh, much. We're gonna wild. Jump yeah, we're going to jump into, jump into it. it. It's wild. So just like you know, just taking the time to get my mind right before you know recalibrating or readjusting and getting ready to pivot with whatever's going to happen. Because still to this day, we don't know where like how, what the industry's going to or what's going to happen. Yeah. A lot of the a lot of the venues are they've closed down. So you know, me being an entrepreneur myself, it's like. You know, as an independent artist, like I have to run my own shows. I got to book the shows. If I if I'm gonna work with a bunch of other people, we got to make it. We got to make it work. And if there's you know minimal venues, because like sometimes you got to put money down up front. And like, you know, who's got all that money right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it's it's interesting. So like it's I've really just been focusing on the things that I can control, which is like my my output. Just writing more, uh, playing more, uh, more uh, more guitar, more more piano. Um, I did a show um, two weeks ago. Um, Wave, uh, through Waveland Canada, they got like a R&B on the water, R&B under the stars. Okay. Um, shout, out to Del, cool. shout out to Del Mahabadi for that. Um, but a uh, super dope event, super um, uh, intimate, like 10, 10 people, uh, 10 people on a boat. Okay. Just think some tunes, is, right. yeah. That All sounds
2: right. really cool, actually.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I highly recommend you. Great date That's night, awesome. great date <laughs> night. Yeah.
0: No matter how big you get, if I ever need a wedding singer, I'll just come to you.
1: Yo, bro, you ain't gotta ask, man. I'll show up. I'll tell the story beforehand. Like, <laughs> I'm
0: glad you're saying that. I, I I hope you do it for free. i <laughs> Stop it,
1: bro. I got a I got a song. I got a song for you. I got a song for you. What's your writing <laughs>
2: process like? Like when you start writing, what's your creative process like?
1: Um, it depends. Like, usually like, I, I like to write with instruments. Usually I like to do the music first before the words come. Mm-hmm. Um, like, usually I'll sit at a p- piano or, like, grab my guitar, play a couple chords, or um, I like to collaborate, too, so there's a couple producers that I work with and some songwriters, so it's either they'll bring a beat, we'll hear something, we'll yeah. feel, feel a melody, what does that sound like, what could, what words can go there that fits nice, that, you know, it can roll off the tongue, what kind of concepts we want to do to shape it, and then we just kind of start shaping it from there. So that's um that's how I do it.
2: That's kind of nice. It sounds like an organic process that you kind of go through instead of having like a set thing. Some some individuals write in a way where they have like a set idea of like, no, the song has to be this. So it's kind of nice to know that yeah. it's more organic for you.
1: Yeah, like sometimes like it's it's good because like more uh, it's good to put those boundaries on yourself just to to mm-hmm. write other things or to I guess to push you. But yeah, um, yeah for the most part, just let it. It's, it's a feeling, right? What That's music cool. feels good when it's not it's not forced.
0: And
2: just, did you just, teach uh, yourself the piano and guitar?
1: Oh uh, yeah, yes, he s- did. S- I was about to get
0: to that. Yes, he did. I remember him walking around the cause... mall with the guitar. He used to walk around Square <laughs> One Mall when I used to work at Square One Mall, and yeah. practice playing the guitar. He went from not knowing anything to actually being able to do his own shit. And I remember him just walking around when I worked at Kudo. Just I would just see him walking <laughs> down the aisle back and forth. So yeah, I was. Oh, that's really cool. That. Go ahead. Oh, that's oh sorry.
2: Real, no, I was. I was
0: gonna say
3: that
2: that's really cool because. I taught myself to play the guitar, but for a completely different reason. I, for some reason, became obsessed with Avril Lavigne. Mm. And I decided I was gonna play the guitar one day. And when I was 15, my sister and her then boyfriend, who's now her husband, they bought me a guitar, but I didn't know. And they like shaped it into like a robot for me. And I like bawled crying. And then I taught myself to play the guitar because when I was little, my sister Tanya, she actually taught herself to play the piano and then she taught me. That's why I was wondering if you either took lessons or if you were self-taught.
1: Uh, it's actually funny because like when I was younger, my mom wanted to put me in like piano lessons and I was just like, I wasn't really about it. Yeah. It, it's weird because like, um, like for me, like I, I, I've got a good ear. So it's like I'll usually I'll hear things out and I'll feel things out. Um, I don't know. Maybe when somebody's telling me to do it, I'm not really inclined to do it. I don't know.
2: I'm the same. I'm like, don't tell me what to do. I'll do it when I want to.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right?
2: Right? Yeah. That's pretty
1: cool. How long have you been playing um, guitar?
2: Uh, since I was 15. I'm 31 now.
1: <laughs> oh, so you play play. Yeah.
2: yeah I can okay, play. OK, 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 cool,
1: cool.
2: <laughs> I'm is... joking that I'm going to teach Justin, but I don't know if I'm a very good teacher at that. I want <laughs> to learn. Teach him. The
1: only, I can only
2: play
0: the quarter because it was, I, I can play Drink Milk, Love Life, and Green Sleeves. Fun to back. Oh,
2: that's something. <laughs>
1: Yeah, just honestly, if you keep playing those same songs like every day, like 10 minutes like minimum a day. I yeah. swear it's muscle memory, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I
0: can still do Green Sleeves. Maybe not the Drink Milk Love Live. I forget what <laughs> song that actually is, but I can still do Green Sleeves. That's it. That's it. That, that was my track. Hey. But nah, man, definitely happy to have you on. We literally, we wanted to talk about R&B on this episode. Yeah. There's so much that happened in the last two weeks since we've been able to film an episode. There is so much that has happened. You know what? Let's let me start off here, and we'll, we'll work our way through. We'll massage our way through it, right? Okay. So I know um, your other genre mate here, Mr. Trey Songz. Um, yeah. Recently, in the media, recently in the media, he has been accused of like sexual assault allegations. Right now, from what I understand. It seems that um, he has been around women at parties, so one woman came on, and I think she was on a um, 22 Jumper podcast, and she was talking about the fact that she was at a party with Trey Songs, she looked at Trey Songs the Trey Songs was looking at her, and then all of a sudden Trey Songz followed her to the bathroom and decided to just grab her, squeeze her up, and kiss her, and rub her, and then he pushed him away. Then I think Kiki Palmer was also talking about she went on a date with Trey Songs, went back to a place to hang out and chill, and all of a sudden Trey Songs was like, you know, you want this dick type of thing and da-da-da-da. And there was a third case, right? In my opinion, okay. Is Trey Songs wrong? Of course. Like I'm not I'm not defending if he's wrong or right. He's wrong. I'm not defending that. I more want to talk about the psychology behind it. I feel like I feel like Trey Songs is one of those individuals who's been famous and powerful too long. So, and I think when it comes to stuff like this, it's like, you're coming from a small town, you become famous and powerful and you realize you have influence over people. People are malleable when it comes to you. You have so-called groupies, right? And then you have, you have women that will completely throw themselves at you. And you've had this over a course of a period of time. Then you get to a point where you create this assumption that all women want you. You're God's gift to women, right? So now when a woman even looks your way, you're like, okay, she's going to want that aggressive shit that the last girl wants. And that's not true. So you're pushing her against the wall, you're feeling her up, you're sexually assaulting her and harassing her because you're thinking every woman is the same. And just because that one woman in Texas jumped you, now every woman wants to jump you and it's okay to do these things. Or you bring someone to your house and you're like, you know, you want this dick. Like, it's, it's an ego thing. It's an ego thing, right? And yeah, he's definitely wrong. It's definitely sexual assault. If all of these allegations are true, I think the Kiki Palmer is kind of what hit the nail in the coffin because it's like, why would she lie? But if all these allegations are true, alleged allegations are true, then yeah, he's definitely wrong. It's a case of him just having that over masculine ego, being famous and rich and powerful for too long and getting what he wants. And now assuming that everybody wants that. And that's wrong.
1: Yeah. Well, you kind of hit it on the nail right there, man. Like, honestly, like at at the end of the day, like you said, it's, there are allegations until things like come out and things are proven. then obviously we can't like, you know, cancel or whatever the you know the society does now (laughs) we can't just go through running run on and go do that until we hear the things but obviously where there's smoke there's fire when you hear a lot of the 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 same stories the same kind of behaviors, obviously there's you know there's something there and it's not right and yeah um, one thing that you said that i want to touch on like the the ego that's that's like the main thing that's i would say that that's ego envy and like those two things are like the main i'd say the source of like a lot of the issues that are happening in this world yeah (laughs) A yep. lot of things, even, yep. especially even when it comes down to like a, a, the, the before I even say race, I'll say so put ego, ego, all that other shit, because a lot of yeah. people, even when it comes to like race things, it's not like, oh, because you're black, no, because I have the power and I can and, you know, I'm, I'm in, I'm in a position, you're, you're nobody, mm-hmm. <laughs> as it would say,
3: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
1: it's, uh, it's obviously it's, it's not the, it's not a righteous mentality, man. And obviously, well, as uh as this thing unfolds, as we hear more, like, well, people, people better be on watch that you, you know, you can't do this shit anymore. Times are changing. <laughs> yeah. 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 I just yeah. think
2: a lot of people don't think it's actually going to ever affect them. That's why they keep doing it. It's easy well, to keep getting away with things over and over again when no one says anything until people just are sick of it. And then they say something.
1: Yeah. Like that's the sad part. I, I don't, I know, I don't know this guy. I don't know this guy personally. Like I think I've seen him on like tagged on a couple posts, but uh, on instagram i think it was like yesterday or like the day before uh mr koa i think he like uh, yeah, posted, yeah 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 but same kind of exa- same kind of example same kind of thing like it's it, it'll come out and the thing is if you if it's a pattern <laughs> if it's a behavior yeah. pattern like how are you like that's that's so naive to think that you're not going to get caught it's it's oh, he made
0: a, he made a post so, about it
1: right no, no, there was like right. a whole bunch of posts about it like um i think that there was um i think his. I don't even know the person's business, so I can't even. I'm paraphrasing at this point, but I just yeah. know it was some sort of like, um, you know, he's he's been abusing a couple people, and like people have been coming out. So it was. I'm, it I'm gonna go check one. that out. Yeah, it started off with one, and um, you know, and other people coming out saying similar things. So obviously, something needs to something needs to be said. But it's 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 crazy. I don't know. To me, like, like I, I've got stories and like escapades, but it's just like I've never. It, it, I just have a hard time like fathoming. It's like you don't have to yeah, do that. It's, it's, have a yeah. good time.
0: <laughs> it's, a weird, it's a weird concept because I remember when when me and you were single and we were in college, like yeah, things happen, but I think when you get to that point where you are so egotistical that you have the assumption that all men want you or all women want you or or people should want you or you know what I mean? And like I've as a man, like my ego never got to that point, but I've met women like that. We both met women like that. I remember there was a time, great story. So there was a time uh, of, y'all remember this when I start bringing it up. Um, DM Cool was hosting a party in Toronto. This was like probably five, six years ago. Was hosting a party in Toronto and there was a bunch of people from Brampton, from from our ends that came down. You were there. Um, And I forget what club it was. It was like a bar that they turned into a club and, those performances. I'm not performed performing. I can't remember the whole night. But I remember, um, like, this is back when we had um, Cool Radio and Kayla was there with us. Sure. And I remember, so Tisha's friend was there. If you remember Tisha's friend, the the, the Dominican girl.
1: Was it a house party?
0: No. Oh, is it? okay. It, was like, it was not like an event downtown party. I can't remember the name of the club. But Tisha's girl was there, the Dominican Latino girl. And... I remember me and you were by the bar, and she came up and it was her and her friend, and she danced with me and her friend danced with you. And then as soon as they were done dancing, she turns around and she's like, we're thirsty. And me and you looked at each other, and we're just <laughs> like, quit. you're like, that look, you came up, look. I looked at you, and I was like, what? And then she's was oh like, like, oh, we're thirsty. And then we both looked at each other. We didn't even say a word, We just we just walked away and then they did just sat there and then we just looked at each other and we're like, what the hell? Like, it was just, it was the way it was done. It was like straight out of LA. I was like, what? So it's just like, it's that ego. You remember what I'm talking about now, right?
1: Oh, dude, it's like the the face. It's the, it's the, my, the, the Nick Young face. The Nick mm. Young face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thirsty. I was
3: like, what?
1: You're thirsty. Yeah. I don't care. But like I and it is funny now being wiser now, like I understand those kind of behaviors. Like a lot of people, regardless, you know, individuals, men and women, like they they neg each other to kind of be like, Oh, they're gonna make fun to kind of get that, you know, it's a push and pull thing. So like I yeah, yeah. I understand it. But it's just like, you know, people you know, people do it all the time, man. It's Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's you're right. You know, you're right about the eagles. You're definitely right about the eagles. Another another ego driven person, uh, Napoleon syndrome a little bit. Oh, My God. teammate here, Mister Tory Lanes. I'm actually <laughs>
3: really
0: saddened by this, and the the only reason why I'm really saddened by this is I just want to say this like, like I'm born '89, so we're, we're all from we're all in the '80s era here, uh, and I think the main thing I want to say is like when Drake was coming up, I was in high school. So when when I graduated high school in 07, Drake popped in 09. So those years when he was in the club doing local performances, I was in high school, or I might have just graduated high school in 08, but I wasn't even 18 yet or 19 yet. You know, I have a late birthday, right? So I wasn't around. I remember seeing him on the grassy, and then I remember hearing City is Mine, and then I remember Best I Ever Had, and it was Through the Roof, and it was done, right? So I was ending high school and going into college, but I wasn't in the club phase yet. I didn't get to see it visually, right? I would say, out of everybody in Toronto, um, other than Dell here, the other person that i seen go through everything was Tory Linners. Like, I was working in Square One Mall and Bramalee Mall and Yorkdale Mall. I remember seeing him in the bus stations selling his CD. I remember one day coming off the bus to go work at Rogers at Bramalee Mall, which was our local mall, and he offered to rap for me. And he's like, if it's good, you got to buy it. So I, I saw that. Like, I... I remember being in high school and we used to have these freestyle battles, us and other schools and Tory Lanez school was a school down the block from me. And we used to battle each other. I remember seeing him come to our school to do freestyles. There's videos of it now on YouTube. Right? I remember being there. Right. So it's just like, I visually saw him came up. I might not be the biggest Tory Lanez fan. Like, I like a few tracks. So because I saw him came up, I had like a certain amount of respect for Tory, where I was like, okay, I might not be the biggest fan of your music, but I want to see you win because I saw it from the sword. You know what I mean? So now to hear that he shot Megan Thee Stallion in the foot, obviously we don't know the full story about it, but we know enough to know that he shot her in the foot. right? Unless it was a situation where she also had a gun or she had a knife where she could actually threaten to kill him, then there was no other excuse to shoot her in the foot. right?
3: But
2: well, I, no one knows what happened I, I because know. no one has talked about it. Like, she may have said that he shot her. But Tori Lanes, I don't think up to this point, has even released a statement about what happened. No,
3: doesn't. He's been
2: quiet this entire time. So people are just making up stories right now
3: of about course. what they
2: think happened, what he did, all these different things. So no one actually knows what the truth is. Unfortunately, right now he's being heavily villainized, but we don't actually know what happened. But also Megan the Stallion has chosen to not say anything she said yeah he shot me but she hasn't said why she hasn't said anything yeah. else it's like end yeah. of discussion i was like okay so people now are just making stuff up which is actually more unfortunate because once you start hearing lies normally the first thing you hear is what you Right. Nice.
3: because
0: like as a as, as a native it's like i'm one of the few people who actually want toronto to actually win i've always been like that i've never been a okay. hater of people in toronto going back to like the shot Claire, and the socrates and whatever it was so it's just like I want to see him win. I want us to grow because I know that that's going to help me grow as well from what I'm trying to do, but no, you know what? Adele, I definitely want to hear your piece on this, but you know So, Dell, no, but Dell, what's your opinion on your genre made here? <laughs> Tory Lanez. I guess he's kind of r and B kind of hip hop, he kind of falls in the middle there.
1: Yeah, he's for the culture, man. Um like <laughs> we don't we don't have any context we don't have all the information so it's like i can't really like form and like well regardless of what it is i don't think somebody should get shot <laughs> it's yeah. apparently she was like running away and like she he that's when she got shot or something so I, i'm curious to see what it was but i i can guarantee i can almost guarantee that it, it, it's it's all you know it's all ego intended <laughs> yeah yeah, well, I like ego. <laughs> yeah so it's just like i just wonder what was going through his mind and it just kind of sucks for him and because like you know, dude from Brampton, like, that you've personally seen working, grinding, doing yeah. his thing, making it, you know, yeah. through the American market, killing the game, got out of his deal, Well, I'm, uh, what, he's independent now, doing all this other shit, and that was, like, beginning of this whole quarantine thing, had the quarantine, uh, quarantine, was it quarantine radio, or, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. quarantine, yeah. Radio? Yeah. quarantine radio? radio, yeah, quarantine radio, everybody on there, everybody doing their, th- like, and everything, and, like, it just sucks that, you know, one action, it, it's, one action and it just it's well he's got got problems now
2: it's costing him a lot like he actually has been dropped from numerous projects for upcoming albums because he was on you know the singer jojo he was on her like Mm. little ep release with that song comeback he's been dropped from her official full-length album now apparently she's reworking comeback to completely take him off the track and it's just like he's losing other deals like people are like no i'm not working with him no i'm not doing this like it's actually costing him big time
1: well, yeah, and as it sh- as it should, like, why why are you shooting? Like, who yeah. who's hurting him? Like, I'm not gonna
2: lie, I would love to know why he shot her. <laughs>
1: yeah, like I'm I'm, I'm curious, just, but like obviously it's not worth it. Like, why?
0: That's the reason why I've never said anything because like I don't know the full facts, so I haven't actually addressed it on social media or nothing. I just keep it to myself. But it's like I just I feel for him because I'm like if anybody was shit on in Toronto, it was Tory Lanez way more than Drake. Bro. I was really? there. I remember really? everybody telling this kid he was never going to make it. So it's like, when he had the album, I told you, I, I got it. I was like, he deserves to do this. I know a lot of people have come up with their own theories about it. Like, he's short. He has Napoleon syndrome. He's 5'3". She's 6 feet. He, he he always... And, like, he's talked about this before. That's why he gets into fights, right? We've seen some of oh. what So people, people are talking about, like, he always feels like he has to be the aggressor or something. So, like, people come up with their own theories. But I'm like, until he speaks and I can hear the other side of the story, put them both together and find the truth, then the only factual thing I know is that she was shot in the foot allegedly by him. That's all I know. I don't know how it happened, how it conspired. I know a lot of people are gonna say it shouldn't matter. You shouldn't shoot a woman in the foot. If a woman has a gun, I'm shooting her in the foot. I'd rather shoot her in the foot than shoot her in the chest. If a woman has a knife, I'm shooting her in the foot, bro. But (laughs) as I said, those are the only two examples I can think of of why that could occur. Everything else, I'm like, you should be able to handle yourself, but I don't know until I know, right? So I've kind of refrained from really giving my real POV on it because I'm just, I'm just kind of waiting to see more. I need, to, I need to hear something else. That's, I feel like nothing is. Exactly. I don't think
2: anyone's gonna say anything. I feel like it's gonna stay quiet forever because it, it's been so long now.
0: No, I agree.
2: Well, when did it happen again? Like, uh,
0: like, a, a, like three weeks ago. Yeah, that's
2: it was like. Three weeks ago, almost a month ago, and there's yeah, been no right. news reports on it since. Like she, they haven't said anything.
1: I will. We'll hear about it because like it's that's oh, not right. it's that's like yesterday. Three weeks ago, that's not that's not a long long time.
0: Especially
2: <laughs> especially
0: so in social, social media like
1: Next generation. Yeah, no, in social
2: media generation? generation. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It actually, I'll give you that. It actually hasn't been that long.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and that's and that's a crazy thing. It's like it's like it'll come back around because there's so much yeah. stuff that happens in the world and there's only, there's only so much stuff that gets forced onto our news feeds, you know, makes you also think like who's really, really pulling the strings and mm-hmm, we we'll, yeah. we're, were, I don't know, we're not going to talk about conspiracies unless y'all want to, but.
0: No, we could de- <laughs> definitely get into it we're open to it. Open to it, get into it. <laughs> but
1: um, it's, yeah, man, like poor Tory Lane's man, like, dude, like you said, the dude was, sh- he was shat on, dude overcame and dude made it yeah. and like, yeah. like shit like i like i fuck with the guy like i think he's hella talented man i saw I his, like one live guy. where he was like just freestyle or he did that one track like online like in a live he just like did a track he like smoked like four backwards like back to back and like he just like did a record online it was crazy but like dude's he hella talented it just, it's just so unfortunate that you know another yeah. black brother has to yeah. you know because of ego because of ego like i don't even know but i'll say because of ego if he's the one yeah. that did it
0: most like because of ego
1: that you know all this stuff is going it's all going left now and he's gonna well things are gonna change it's it's unfortunate
0: listen like i said man when i was 20 22 23 20 20 21 i say 22 years old when i was 22 years old and this kid was like 18 he rapped for me he fully rapped for me in the Bramley bus station Mm -hmm. and i took his cd i don't have anymore It it was in my old car but he rapped for me it's like if someone's willing to do that, and then you see them make it, you're like, oh, okay,
1: that's what that's what it's about, always man.
0: Always respect you for that. I will always respect him for that. But it's sad, man. But like, honestly, though there's there's nothing that's um off bounds on this podcast So whatever you want to get into, conspiracy theories,
3: like, <laughs> the aliens, You can. Uh, <laughs> oh Lord.
0: You want but before we get into our more serious topics, which we want to hit. We're gonna get into a little ratchet shit, like you okay. said. There's okay. There's nothing off off tables here. So, um, on the on the No Jumper podcast, I know you probably seen this. It was all over social media.
1: It, it's it's funny because like I had to look it up because like I look like, I'm not really like I'm not online online on like that that anymore. Mm-hmm. So like when you said it, I'm like, who's this? I don't even know who she was. I definitely don't even know who,
0: I, she, I,
2: I don't know who she. I don't either. know who that
1: was either. I don't <laughs> know who she is. The only thing
0: is, the only thing is, I, I have to know enough. <laughs> but I, don't really pay, I'm, I don't pay attention to ratchet shit, really. the ratchet shit, really. Unless it's unless it makes it to the level of a WAP, I don't really pay attention. Oh, I, I didn't mind wop so much, but um, yeah, Selena Powell. I have no clue who she is. I don't know if she's uh, hip hop honeys. Ladies in hip-hop, hip-hop housewives. I have no clue how her claim to fame even happened. I know every every day there's somebody new popping up on one of these reality shows, so I don't know. I feel like Black she's, like,
2: Instagram famous, because I just Googled her, because I'm
3: like... <laughs> probably.
0: probably. I'm guessing. I'm guessing she got the fake, and the fake, and it's just all built up. It's the whole... I get it, I get it. But she was on the No Jumper podcast, and... Um, this is actually the podcast that the same girl was talking about Trey Songz abusing her. So she you was the it. other girl on the podcast, and she was talking about how she, during COVID, decided to give head to seven NBA players. I think the During way- COVID? Was yeah, during COVID. During. Yeah. It's, like, it's, just, it's in the month of August. So, so. I thought it just
1: happened. I, I didn't know so, it was during so, COVID.
0: So I think the way it happened was there was somebody who worked for the team, so not a player, but he worked for the NBA team, an associate, and she was sleeping with him. And then I think she said that he called in players from the team to come, and seven of them came, and she gave them all head until completion. Now, my thing is this, okay, do what you want to do. I get it, okay? I get it. We've we've created this culture of, like, the baddies and the this and the this. And you know what? When we were younger, it was similar, so it's not too different. I think now it's just on social media, and now it's, like, Now it's more publicized. Like there was always groupies from when we were coming up. Like we had Superhead in our day, but nobody knew about it until the book, right? Mm -hmm. But now it's just like, now it's like groupies back in the day would just follow the band on tour and sleep with them the whole way through. Now, ever since Superhead, it's like you got to write a book, you got to go on a blog site, you got to come out with it, you're going to get a reality show, you're now famous for five years, then you got to hook on to like, a celebrity to keep dating, to keep your fame higher. And then you got to wait till somebody impregnates you. Like, I get it. I see it every time. Just kind of like, yeah. But my thing is this. I'm not really mad at what she did. Do what you want. I don't care. My thing is this, though. During COVID, so during COVID, you decided to give seven NBA players head till completion. And as she said, they were in a circle jerk, right? (laughs) So... To be honest, I'm not even really getting at her because I expect this. There's tons of people like this. This doesn't shock me now. I'm desensitized to this. I'm more getting at the players. That's why I want to start this. (laughs) That's, That's the only thing I want to talk about. Me personally, growing up, Brittany, you'll probably love to hear this. I've always thought that the battery shit was a little homoerotic to me. Now i have nothing against anything. I just think it's a little homoerotic. And it's funny how dudes, it was always like the hockey players, the basketball players, which just niggas in general. And it would always be some girl that they batched up. And I was always like, but then these are the same dudes who would like disrespect. I'm like, this is kind of, this is like your disrespect to Gabriel, but the, the act of being naked in front of other men with one girl in the room and there's seven of y'all. And then I'm sitting there and I'm like, each of you guys are NBA players. You guys are rich. You guys are athletically built. You guys can get any woman you want from a financial standpoint. Why are seven of you in the room? It just, I think that's the part that I don't understand. I get why she's there. I don't understand why seven of them are there during COVID.
1: Well, the, well, like I wasn't there, so obviously I don't know.
3: Yeah, i don't was, was <laughs> even start it off
1: but um it's like the the same like, reason, well it's not
0: that bad i understand the, the,
1: the same no the same reason why she's there is the same reason why they're there let's be let's be honest like the the, the same you know the same porns that all these people that all raised all of that raised all of our, our generation <laughs> Let, let's yep. be real it's like a lot of those sales and all that yeah it's like it's 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 unfortunate but like it's, you, you, when, when is the next time somebody's going to have a fantasy like that? So that's probably why they'd go ahead and do it. But and that wouldn't be my it, fantasy. It's like, it's, it's like a whole layer. it's a whole other level of problems, a whole nother level of fetishes, a whole nother level of like messed up stuff too. Yeah, I, I, so I, like, I, I agree.
0: I agree. and I like where you're going with it, but like, okay, the, the fantasy I'm guessing is hers. Having seven dudes, like that's her fantasy. The only thing is she didn't, she didn't get fucked by any of them. She just rains them all off, but whatever. Maybe that's her fantasy. As a dude, my fantasy would not be to get brains after three dudes have already got it, and then there's three dudes after me, and everyone's stuff is, is in the same mouth. Like, that's not my fantasy. Like, I, I, I you know what I'm trying to say? Obviously, I don't speak for all males, but that's not my fantasy. Like, I wouldn't be there.
1: So I'll play the devil's advocate. Maybe it's just the way that, that they're looking at it. Maybe they're just like, oh, um, the fact that you know they they can dominate this one woman and she can do whatever. Maybe that's, that's actually a fact. what I was so
3: thinking. Yeah, because
1: like it's not it's not like you know if if somebody's going to be in the room and like, oh yeah, that's my man. And he's just hanging out. You know what it's like. You know <laughs> that's that's not what it is. Because even when you see it in those like those porn those porn flicks, it's that's not what it is, right?
3: Mm.
1: So it's like I, I I get it. It's obviously it's fantasy and people. Um, especially like in Hollywood, it's weird because like it kind of crosses those barriers where like um, from fantasy to reality. Because a lot of those people are actually out actively doing you know those kind of things yeah. with regular people, and those people actually think, oh, you know. Not to say that there aren't people who, who aren't into those kind of fantasy things, but like it's definitely not the norm. But yeah, actually. So like I I, I can wrap my head around it, and like just like I'm sure you, what we've all seen like Last Dance. Like apparently that was happening in MJ's days, way back in the '80s. So like, hey, it's gonna it's gonna keep happening. You're right, you're right,
3: you're right, you're
1: right, you're right. I think yeah, it's man.
2: just a sense of control, like you said. Like being able to say that they can get this woman to do this and like she will do it to all of them because of who they are.
1: Yeah, even in that same interview um, uh, with the with the Trey songs where allegedly she peed, where he peed on her. Oh
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, like, I, I,
1: I, I uh, kind of believe it. I kind of
0: believe it. It could be a power dynamic. Like, look, I can do whatever I want to, but I
3: can... Yeah. Yeah,
1: because even if she said it, she's like, get into the tub. He starts drinking, tells her to stop playing with herself. So I'm like, the fact that she said that he told her to get into a tub, I believe it.
3: <laughs> I believe it. And she did. <laughs> but yeah, and
1: it's just like, it's it's that type of attention, right? She's obviously in that kind of lifestyle. Obviously, she's with seven NBA dudes. what the shit? So it's like, you know, and also at the end of the day, too, like, those they're kids. I feel old saying that, they're not, but they're like, they're, they're like 20, 20, 22. They don't, they don't know who they are. They don't know themselves. They're chasing rappers.
2: Yeah. We
1: don't even know themselves. Yeah. Some of them. But. It's
3: true. It's true. No, no, I definitely <laughs> you.
0: It's definitely true. It's definitely true. No, but okay. So speaking about these seven players, I know that the NBA was attempting to do a boycott and mm. I was all for this, right? And I'll go into why. And then they eventually called it off and they're resuming everything back. I think today actually. But um how how do how was you yesterday? feel? Where,
1: yeah, was, yesterday yeah, it was yesterday, yeah. Say, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. How
0: how do you feel? What's your stance on the NBA and their protest and if they should do a boycott or how how do you feel?
1: I'm, I'm glad that the NBA is, you know, being active and they're using their voice and their platform to bring attention to it because, like, you know, the, when the whole Kaepernick thing happened, what, last year or two years ago?
2: Mm. I think um, it was like, two years
1: ago. Yeah, two, two years ago when it happened, it's just like people weren't talking about it. People were just like, oh, he's not, you know, the, the, the headlines were just like, oh, he's not standing. He's not standing for the flag. That's it zero context and you know at the end of the day especially in america like that's what the you know the news they kind of divide the people right divide and conquer you have those people that are that don't know there's a lot of like i don't even want to like delve off into another topic but the main thing is it's like we're fighting ignorance here everybody (laughs) we're fighting ignorance a lot of people who don't know and the thing is if you're going to fight somebody who believes what they believe is right even though it's not right (laughs) that's like the most dangerous person (laughs) yeah yeah
2: agreed no agreed
1: <laughs> yeah because it's like and i don't know that's why maybe i don't i don't personally fret whenever i i personally um i guess come in contact with racism like one-on-one racism like because at the end of the day it's like okay well this person's known me for a whole you know a whole what about what, 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 two minutes and that's his you know that's what he's going to say to me he's going to call me a nigga or some sort of shit okay well it makes me think like what's wrong with this person <laughs> Yeah. What's wrong with this? What's wrong with this person? Like, you clearly have an issue to like to. We can't even like hash it out as individuals or beings or intelligent beings. But you want to, you know, you know, just kind of snoop to like the lowest, you know, the lowest level, the lowest vibration, mm-hmm. and you know, it's just, it's just sad. It's kind of pathetic. <laughs> I Kind of laugh at them.
0: No, you're right. <laughs> right. You're definitely right. It's gotten to this point where I love that meme where it's like even white people are getting tired of racist white people.
3: Yeah, it's like, like at
0: that point, it's like it's like come on, bro. Like you guys are really. Like there's many things I could touch on. I know, I know, I know. I don't want to say, I want to stay on the exact topic, but I'll definitely stray away eventually. So there's many things I could touch on. But yeah, I think I think when it comes to um what the NBA is doing, I'm very, I'm very happy to see it. I think that sadly in our society, uh, the most famous black people are the ones that are in entertainment and sports and athletics. So them being able to make a stand against it, I could definitely understand that. So I'm not I'm not mad at what they're doing. I'm very happy to see it. I know everybody was talking about like creating a player-driven league. Who the fuck's car alarm is going
3: off
0: <laughs> in my neighborhood? Like I am like, God damn. I
3: hate it's when talking.
0: that happens. Okay, here we go. It's God. I was like, who? <laughs> who? Who's out here getting robbed? Just, like, just allow robbed? So no no. So um, so but, but no, what I was gonna say is um, I know they were talking about having a player-driven league, and I was talking about this with cool the other day, and I was just kinda like I can't see that happening. And I'm not saying because I don't have the vision for it. I'm just saying, let's think about this logically, right? Let's just say, because I know this was Kyrie Irving's thing, right? So let's just say the players decided to create their own league. You can't have a league that is run by the players because... You just can't do that. It's like it's like LeBron can't own the league and play in the league. It's a conflict of interest. Yeah. you yeah, yeah. can't own the L.A. Lakers and play on the LA Lakers. It's a conflict of interest. So you can't do that. It just wouldn't make any sense, right? So at the end of the day, I was like, somebody would have to own the league. Plus, the players don't have enough money to buy the league. Like, LeBron and Stack probably the most amount of money. But when you're thinking Together, about...
1: Together, their money doesn't touch the people who own it, so... Yeah, when you're
0: thinking about the league, you're not thinking about the individual teams that are worth multi-millions of dollars. You have to think about the individual contracts you now have to make contracts with nike and reebok and puma and all these companies that sponsor the nba you now have to make contracts with all of the tv stations whether it's espn or sportsnet here in canada or all the tv stations in the caribbean and all over europe and even the ones in china who have big contracts with the nba like, it's much more than what we see. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, there's way much more. You have to make contracts with all of the athletic stores to sell your jerseys. Like, it's a much more bigger pot, right? And I was I was saying, the only way for that to truly happen is you would have to have, like, companies actually buy the NBA from the owners. So the same companies that own the arenas, whether it's Scotiabank or TD mm-hmm. or Circle or whatever it is, they have to actually buy the actual NBA and then you would have to have the company sign some sort of like a breeding ground contract, where it's like, we're gonna buy the NBA for five years. And then after five years, we're gonna slowly allow the NBA to be bought up by ex-NBA players. So, once so, so it's kind of like when you go into a company and they give you stock options. Mm. Be like once you sign a contract in the NBA, gonna give you those stock options. Now you're ready to retire. You can now buy a piece of the NBA that used to be owned by American Express. Like you have to do it that way until it's completely player owned by X players. But that would take like 50 years. Yeah. You know like I mean? that, like, there's not really a way to make it player driven. I think that's a fantasy, but I don't think you can actually do it in real life.
1: It's definitely difficult, man. And like it's like I to add on to what to what I said in what I said earlier um, like it's cool that the NBA is making, like taking a stand and using their platform, using their voice. But I don't think it's their job. I don't think it's their job to. At the end of the day, it's really up to us, us our, our citizens, the regular folk, the people in the community, because we're so divided as a as a people. And like, now I'm not even talking about like just like the community, like not the like the community as a whole, like just even as Black people. Like we're so a lot of us are so divided. Yeah. And like, it's not until a lot of that stuff, not until we all come together as a collective, as a whole and start doing, you know, for ourselves. And, you know, we actually start loving each other. Then it's like, a lot of this stuff is going to keep happening. Cause like when, when the whole George Floyd thing happened, like I when everybody was like protesting and like destroying stuff, I was just like, I don't think, like, I don't think they should go out and and do that. Like, and the reasoning why is it's like, okay, well, you know, whatever target or whatever things that get looted, obviously they they have insurance. They've, they've already got like a lot of the money (sighs) the, the the pension stuff that, you know, the, the 1200 stimulus checks that the citizens got, which is like so sad, that's a whole nother conversation, mm-hmm. but like they, they're good. It's like, why don't we take, why don't we sit, why don't we mobilize, get together, figure out where the issues are and take our issues to you know, the, the Senator who can do it and actually get involved in the politics and actually try to do it at their level. And then obviously we know the system is rigged, but the thing is, the more we know about it, the more we arm ourselves with the tools and the, and the and the knowledge, the more we can go out and combat it. Cause like a lot of the things it's 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 hidden, a lot of those things are a lot of the things that it, it, it's hidden and it's i don't want to say like modern day slavery but modern it day slavery policy oh definitely and it's it it's it's yeah like and i'm kind of glad that like a lot of people are waking up to it because obviously it's it's the conversation that's going to start you know waking people up and you know we can actually start making a change because even like in the '90s, when people were talking about uh, you know boycotting, like banning GMOs and all that other stuff, and people weren't really talking about it, they didn't really make news. And then you know all these companies now have all this like artificial stuff in the food, and then cancer rates are high, health is bad, heart disease, et cetera, et cetera. And then people are worried about wearing a mask when they don't even care about feeding <laughs> themselves properly. Yeah. So it's like, it's 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 funny.
0: No, yeah. I'm definitely on the same page as you. I think um all three of us probably on the same page I know me and Brittany talked about this a lot but I feel like there's so many things you said I wanted to unpack but I feel like the main topic is I agree with you like I feel like Mm. we're focusing on the small things yes but the one thing I wanted to say before I even jumped into that was I agree with you I don't think NBA players should be solely responsible to address this yeah I think in the past I used to feel like that like as an entertainer you had to address but I'm like no because as a Black person, I'm tired of the entertainers and the rich and famous Black people speaking for me. Because at the same time, like, some of them shouldn't. Like, I used to feel like every entertainer should have a voice. But then I got to a point where I started seeing (laughs) little this and little that speaking on things. And I was just like, bro. And then I'm like, and I'm like, we have Black politicians in places. We have Black people that this is their job to do this. Let them do it. Don't have Ray J or whoever speaking for all Black people. Because this person's uneducated, uninformed, and they're going to say something, and then it casts another big web. You know what I mean? I definitely agree with you. I don't think it's the job of celebrities to speak for us. I think if you want to, you can. I think you should be informed before you do. Because a lot of times, we want them to so much, and then we get the most ignorant celebrity that says something, and it's like, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's a little iffy. Um, No, but I definitely agree with you about we focus on the wrong things. I... I've kind of been, um, I think I was watching an interview on The Breakfast Club with Bob Johnson, actually, the the old owner of BT, and he said something that I agree with. He was just kind of like, you can't fight individual racism. People are always going to be racist because it's taught. There are people who are just going to teach their children racism. It, sometimes it's not even directly. Sometimes it's just like, oh, don't play with that person, and you just realize that's, that's wrong to do, and you learn over time, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes the old on. Well, uh, racism's always going to be, you can't stop that, right? You can't stop somebody from calling you a nigger or do whatever. What you should be focusing on is the policies. So he's making an example. He's like, what you should focus on is getting reparations. Everybody else got reparations. The Italians got it. Speaking of African-Americans, right? The Italians got it. The Jews got it. The Chinese got it. The Japanese got it. America's paid everybody else reparations you should demand that, right? And at the same time, it's just like, you should focus more on the wider scale. So making sure that black people are being employed, making sure like more more about education and jobs and a foundation of a community because the individual racism, like you can't do that. I feel like black America and black people in general have spent a long portion of time since the sixties trying to convince white people to see us as humans or trying to convince white people to be empathetic to our struggle. So we've spent since the 60s till now trying to show white people our humanity and humility. And it's like, stop doing that. Because obviously there are some who see it, but they are already going to see it. And there are some who see it and don't give a shit and never gonna give a shit. It's like, you can't stop individual racism. Just try to change the system, leave these individual ignorant people to themselves. I know the issue is that a lot of the ignorant people are in positions to make changes. That's the issue, right? But if you're protesting against making a change and you focus on that one change, like you have it in your view path, then it will eventually happen.
1: Yeah, well, like even with the protesting, like if if 5,000 people went out and who were supposed to go out and protest and they didn't, but they went out and voted (laughs) and demanded the change, (laughs) it's like
3: yeah yeah so it's
1: it's a no-brainer Yeah, it could be inconvenient you might have to take a day off work and obviously everybody's got our own lives we all got our own shit going on and that's understandable but it's like and it's like i feel like the the, the stresses that happen or the, the distractions that are in that are that happen that are in our daily lives that you see every day It's it's all by design so that we give away our freedom so we can we can exactly. be more relaxed and exactly. like even yeah. when it comes to when even when it comes to like the the news now in our news feed and like how everything kind of cycles and it's like you know it, it's it's old in a week and a half. Even going back to the whole thing about the shooting thing, it's just like yeah. we've all been conditioned to that to to see all that stuff and to yeah. see it happen that way. And it's like it's crazy because like the people who are even at the top that that are like controlling the shit, I don't even think they're racist. It's just like at the end of the day, it's just bottom line. I need to get paid. If you're fucking with something that's messing with the policy, as like, a yeah. you gotta go or. Like, I gotta get paid. nothing doesn't matter. Like every single uh, every single uh, every single colonizer that's that's gone to like a native land, <laughs> they've, they've colonized it. They've divided the people. They've taken the people. They, buy, you know, try to reprogram them so that they are against their people. That they have a system, so that they're all fighting each other on top of everything else. Yeah. They get experimented on, <laughs> and then you know that it's, then it's just like, oh, we we sorry. Even when it comes to the reparations, like it's not even this the U.S., the U.S., the U.K., even like yeah. the the, the Arabs, They, have, the they all got to cut that check together, and yeah. it's just like, and people for people to say it's just the U.S. That's why I feel like it's not even. It's not even getting like the right attention because it's not just it's not just the u.s
3: yeah True. i remember
0: um at my job we they wanted to do a conference held with like all the black people to talk about it right and me and daniel working for the same company and i remember um we had we just opened an office in amsterdam and netherlands and we have an office in Raleigh, north carolina and i fully said it i was just like i people got mad at me when i said it but i kept it real i was like I love how I see these protests happening all around the world in all of these European countries in terms of Spain, Portugal, Italy, the UK, whatever. But I'm like, I hope these con- companies, I hope these countries are addressing their own individual racism, like the way that they treat their African and Caribbean migrants and the way that they treat their African and Caribbean colonies, especially France. And then I sat there and I'm like, a country like the Netherlands, knowing that half my office in the Netherlands, I didn't give a shit. I was like, a country like the Netherlands. I see them protesting about Black Lives Matter, but how do they treat their Dutch colonies in the Caribbean and in Africa? How do they treat their Caribbean and African migrants living in their country? They have a festival at Christmas time called Little Peak, and they put just up in blackface. And then when I said that, you could see like half of the office like get quiet. Because like, no, let's if we're really gonna talk about it, if this is my talk, about- my <laughs> talk about racism yeah. without being scrutinized or fired, living on the table, right? Like, and I agree with what you're saying. I think we had an episode a couple weeks back when me and Brittany brought this up. And we were talking about how a lot of countries deflect their racism onto the States. And I, I brought up the fact that I used to work in corporate recruitment. And I've said this story a few times, so I won't run past it real quick, but I worked in corporate recruitment for two years. And after about six months, you get indoctrinated and you learn what a WR is, a white resume. Because... I what? A white resume. Okay. Yeah. Because, I'm, because the company I was hiring for was the fifth largest recruiting company we're hiring for all of the Fortune 400, 500, 300 companies in the GTA and downtown core. And it's just like, when you go to those 40K jobs, yeah, they'll hire Black people. But the moment you get to the to, to, to the associate or executive levels, all of a sudden, I'm sending out a Muhammad or a Jamal, and all of a sudden, I'm getting back these coded messages. Oh, Justin, we we like him, but we want somebody more Canadian. Or I'm sending this out, and all of a sudden, I'm getting, oh, we really love Chantel's resume but we just want somebody like her but different you know what I mean and then I'll be taking over one of my associates desk so I didn't get to actually go in and meet with the hiring manager of this company and I'm just taking over his desk and he's calling me and we're like Justin we really like Malcolm and 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 Jer-Greet, but at the same time I want a white Canadian maple leaf blue blood and I'm just like so you're starting to see how like when it comes to these lower levels 50k and below, it's all minorities. When it comes above, they're still keeping it white, right? And it came to the point where, if we had a job like that, we would go to each other's desk in the morning and be like, "Listen, I got this. I'm looking for for a controller for PwC. It's around 80k. I need. Do you have a white guy?" And everybody had their WR profile on their on their desktop with all the WR resumes, and I had it structured. So I pull it up. Okay, I need an accounting resume. Okay, I got this guy. How many years do you need? And we'd send it off because we knew that we were going to get hired and we knew it was money. So this is a systematic thing that happens with the hiring, right? And I feel like a lot of Canadians don't want to acknowledge it or don't focus on it because they like to deflect onto America. So there's definitely a systematic issue, right? Because if you're affecting a people's ability to have certain jobs, well, then you're affecting them to create generational wealth. You're affecting them to feed their kids. You're affecting them to send their kids to school. You're affecting the whole process of just development, right? So it's definitely there man there's definitely racism there um i think that what we should be focusing on is the macro stuff instead of the microaggressions to be honest but no it's it's definitely there it's definitely some um i'm not i'm not shocked anymore to be honest yeah
1: dude like i i I, i've stopped being shocked i just arm myself and just want to have the conversation because that's the that's the best that's like literally the best thing you can do is just like wake people up to their ignorance that's that's really it, because there's so many people here that, you know, even like white individuals that don't even know their own history and then yeah. they yeah. <laughs> they don't even know their own history. And then you're, yeah. you're telling them and then they, they look at you as you're as you're lesser than because of, you know, you don't have certain things because they don't they can't even perc- they can't even perceive that. So it's you like,
0: know, I I remember like when I was talking in the in the work um, Zoom meeting, I said something to address that. I was just like, um, I was like, I know a lot of the times the minority when you talk about these things the main answer you get back is, oh, well, my grandfather came after World War II where well, my great-grandfather did this and he was Italian and he was Irish and he worked hard, right? Mm-hmm. And he had to deal with discrimination and prejudice and people were people were mean to him, but he made it through and look what he did. And I said, yo, I acknowledge that and I'm thankful to hear that. But you have to realize that outside of Nova Scotia, all of the Black people in Canada are either immigrants or first generation.
2: Mm-hmm. So we
0: are your grandfather's. We're, we're suffering with the same thing added to racism on top of that because we're not white. So it just shows you how Canada has not changed its opinion for newcomers to the country. And on top of that, we are not white, so it's worse. And it's the same thing happening. So the same thing happened to your grandfather, the same empathy you have for your grandfather, coming here, having nothing and working hard. So now you could be the first person to take your European trip or get your school paid for, have your parents buy you a house because you have five generations in the country. I'm the only person in my family who can call myself Canadian. There's nobody doing any of that for me. I have to now be your grandfather and create that Maybe my grandkids can live like you. Mm-hmm. And I think I think a lot of times because it's like we go to school with you, we go to work with you, we go to college with you, we go to university with you. you don't realize that. You know what I mean? You're looking at it like, oh, we're the same. It's like, no, we're not. It's a whole different it's a whole different mindset that I have than what you have. you know what I mean? like when I graduate, I gotta hit the ground and look for the job. When you graduate, your dad knows somebody because he grew up in the country and he knows somebody he went to school with who does this. He can get you in. Yeah. I don't have—I don't have that, don't have that okay. yet. You know what I mean? So like, no, I think no, I think it's true, man. I think it's true. I just—I don't know. I, I know if I get too heated, I'm just gonna go down the path. I don't want to go down, but man, nobody... what's
1: this path? I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> honestly, honestly, man, it's just um. I feel like I feel like I've dealt with racism my whole life. I've seen it my whole life. I think leaving, I think being in Brampton, it wasn't as bad because Brampton had like a smaller white minority that was just all Portuguese people, and we kind of grew up with them, so it was different. I think going to Oakville and especially working jobs downtown, you start to see it, especially when you're working in corporate environments. You start to see the way people look at black people, and you start you start to see the microaggressions. Like everyone's talking mm-hmm. about politics and then you get around and they want to talk to you about bt it's just like you you just start to see the way like you're going for jobs and you're in the interview process and even though you have the past jobs to get this job you have you have to basically justify why are you why you are like a tipped to do the job before you even actually interview for the actual position it's just like can you read white and chew gum at the same time But for, you know what i mean it's like insulting like you see my education you see my resume i've done this before like What is the issue, right? And then you get to jobs and you... I think the worst thing is it's like... um, I focus on work because that's my money, right? Like, I don't care about the individual. I care about trifecting my dollars because then I can't progress. But it's just like, yeah, a a lot of companies in Canada, they celebrate white mediocrity at the expense of their minority workers. I can't tell you the amount of jobs I've worked at where all the minorities have the designated experience and the designated degrees to work there. And you get in there and the white people next to them just have high school. And you're like, how'd you get this job?
1: Bro. Oh, it's, well, I just it's came awesome. in and
0: applied. Sometimes, like most times they don't even know anybody. They just came in and applied and they got hired. It's just like, like I've been on the recruitment side where I've sent over overqualified minorities. And then I said, and then they said no. And I sent over an under, an underqualified white male and he gets it. And they're like, thank you. And I'm just like, but this guy has nothing of what you asked. So it's just like, you're seeing it deliberately. And then when you see people like, it's just like, I've seen it my whole life. Like, when I was working at this recruitment job for two years, every day I would take the morning elevator where I would go into the underground parking, scan my key card, get into the underground parking, park my car, scan my key card to get into the door to the elevator. I'm on the phone with Brittany. Every single morning I get in the elevator, at least three times a week, I would meet up with the same older woman. I got off on the seventh floor. She was a floor above me. So she would see me get off every day. day. I'm in a, Everything but a tie, suit jacket, everything. And every day she clenches her purse every day she moves to the other side of the elevator and i'm like okay i get the first time bitch but we've i've been here for 2 years like i get off before you you know i work here you know what i mean it's just it's it's the ignorance and then it's the it's the overall liberal like it's in your head like it's i've gotten to the point where i just say like black people we we like we just need to work together i think i think what annoys me most and i want to unpack this when you first said it I'm pretty sure Brittany wants to touch on this as well. It's just like, we already have things that separate us. And I remember Brittany was talking about this and I was talking about this. Like, I always tell black people, before you have kids, you need to unlearn. Like unlearn all of that light skin, dark skin, unlearn all of that good hair, bad hair, because you're going to pass that down. It, it could be a simple thing as being in your own household and like the, the, the lighter skin child gets complimented, but the darker skin child did not. That, that, that's already internalized. And then they go out in the world and it's projected. You know what I mean? Same thing with hair, right? And it's just like even growing up in Toronto where it's a very immigrant Black society. We're separate between Muslim and Christian, between cultural tribes, if you're you're going into the the continent. If you're going into the Caribbean, it's between the English Caribbean, the French Caribbean, the Dutch Caribbean. You know what I mean? Like it's just so many. And people just stay in their bubble. And then we're separated between economic values oh, we're, we have more money than you. And it's just like, I think, I honestly think there has to be a sense of love between each other and we have to work together. I think colonialism and slavery has done a hell of a job to like ruin our mindset. And I think it's, there's an effort to bring that back, right? But I think as Brittany pointed out once, a lot of times that effort to bring that back is like, it's it's it becomes an event for social media. So they have like, let's say like um, like black love or whatever, right? But you look at it, it's like, this is not really Black love. This is just, we're putting on African print, taking a picture to put it on Instagram. But it's not real.
2: It's
0: not real, right? And it's just like, I I think that's it. I think think there is the issues that are outside of us, but if we can fix the issues inside of us, then we'll be able to grow as a community, build as a community. And then eventually, the sad thing is, once you get to the point where your community has enough money, the cops can no longer mess with you because now you have the money to fight it. It's not like now the cops can mess with you because you have no money and you're black. If you're black and you have money, cops can't mess with you. That's That's why the cops don't go into upper middle class black areas. You see what I'm trying to say? Like there's a certain, it's everything, man. It goes in a twist. It's everything. How do you guys feel?
1: no you, you you're you're on it man it's it's just this world that we were that we were birthed into our parents were birthed into their parents were birthed into and it's just like these patterns just keep you know just keep getting passed down and it's it is trauma and we do need to heal like, like with black folk especially like in america man like i it's i feel like like wh- why do we need to why do we need to be included with the with, with what whites are doing <laughs> We bring the culture to the table.
0: <laughs> Speaking my language, Speaking like we, we
1: we bring the culture to the table.
0: We have two more topics, but I know you're about to get into something. I'm gonna let you get into it from here. Go ahead.
1: Um, what was I even saying? Um, I think.
0: Oh uh, shoot! What was the last thing I said?
2: It was oh, about oh, was black saying, people coming
0: you in. in? How we, a, we can do it ourselves. We don't need white people.
1: Yeah, so we bring the culture to, to the table that too.
0: I was to yeah.
1: We, we we bring like the culture to the table, but like we own none of the pie. So like, well, that has to change. Like, I saw like this documentary. Like, um, um, I think it came out last year. It was called a uh, Cold Case Hammerjold. So pretty much, like, think this is guy. He used to be like a U.S. I think general secretary. His name is. Um, uh, I forget his first name, but his last name was Hemmerjold, some German guy. So, pretty much, this German guy wanted to pass like a law that, which would change the way that, um, bis- or countries businesses, because countries are businesses, they're corporations at the end of the day. Um, the they would change the way that they do business with Africa because right now they're just going in there, so even still to this day, they're going in and just taking whatever the fuck they want, and yeah. you know, it's not like an actual trading thing. So, he put that down. This is like 1960. 65 i might might be rough on the dates but 65 he introduced this law and it was going to change shit and obviously two years later this guy he miraculously dies in a plane crash and you know he dies in a plane crash people say it's conspiracy theories. um then like in the 90s like some um files get like declassified it shows that his plane was like shot down and then like you go to like these places like in the congo and so pretty much like it's it's anytime like anytime any person because you can't say that like white people haven't been allies in this in this fight yeah. You, can't, yeah you can't you can't say that so it's like anytime somebody like that or any kind of ally that steps up for us to do to make some sort of change it, it, it it'll it'll fuck with the money It'll fuck with the money, and then those those people get killed, and then it, it just kind of rolls over. Even like today in like in, in, in Liberia, like Liberia is known for like their rubber plantation. And tell me why they have like a, a deal, a hundred year deal with Firestone, that you know to what to? I think they only made like I think something along the lines of twenty million. <laughs> How the <laughs> fuck do you make twenty million dollars in, in a hundred year deal?
0: <laughs> no, yo, it's it's it's, it's
1: like it's it's
0: in the Caribbean. Jamaica sold their number one outlet, which is bauxite, which is the thing that you use for tin foil, and they sold it to the UK for like 200 years. The UK owns that for 200 years, and I think I think a lot of times it's these politicians that are making these decisions that are hurting the country for generations, and it's all to fill their pockets and their families' pockets for a moment.
1: Yeah, but it, and even with that, it's like I feel like like um like Africa, it's like they're like psych- psychologically they're kind of like behind. Cause like the way, even back then in like the sixties the ways that like pol- uh, politics was like crazy, crazy corrupt. You, like, you can trace the, the corruption, everything. It's kind of, it's, it's there, it's, it's there now. Cause back in the sixties, it was like so underdeveloped. So it's like, we're just kind of, they're just kind of catching up and like off uh, and obviously Africa is going to be the next consumer market. Obviously China's building there. Yeah, obviously you know yeah. in there. A lot of the, a lot of the things okay. from cell phones a lot of the uh, computer chips and a lot of the metals they all come yeah. from yeah. there. So it's like, it's, it's, it's crazy it is crazy how, how they, how much they pillage. And the thing is, it's, it kind of sucks. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to say this to, go ahead, go ahead. but like, like a, maybe if like, like if black people don't get their if we don't get our shit together in like 10 years, like, like it, it could be, it could be over for us. Like, like wealth wise.
0: No, it's facts. It's facts. Yeah, it's
2: facts.
1: And it's, it's, it's wild because it's like when you look at the system and a lot of the things that are, that, that are all intertwined, it's all, it's all kind of like a setup, even when it comes to like the, the, the hip-hop industry and how it like, it, it leads to like a lot of the prison system and it's all like intertwined and a lot of these investors it, are investing whole, in the prisons. It's a whole
0: like real like, concept that started in like the 90s. It started with NWA, but everybody kind of took it over and then it became the main thing. And now it's like you have this huge market that is the biggest music genre in the world that influences Black people the most around the world, but mostly in the Western societies. And it's telling them that like, it's basically glorifying street culture. It's glorifying gang culture. Mm-hmm. It's glorifying, It's for, for, for females, it's glorifying like, like basically fucking a dude to get what you want. For males, it's glorifying joining a gang or killing somebody or taking what you want. And it, it stands behind this culture and then you have rappers who justify it. Oh, that's what a real nigga is. That's how you keep it real. You know what I mean? And it's like that whole concept has spanned since I was a kid at its front page now. And now you have kids growing up who aren't even growing up in an environment where these things are happening, but they, they self-believe that this is what I have to be like to be Black. And then everybody around them is telling them, if you're not like this, then you're not Black. So you're developing this mentality that is demonizing your own people going forward. But even what you touched on in um with uh, with Africa, like... I, I have a theory about this, and I've always said this, I'll lay it on you, right? So after World War II, when America took control and became the superpower of the world, right? And then after the Cold War, after the Cold War, China was still mostly farmers. It was it was after all the wars they fought, most of China, billion people, most of it was farmers. And then you literally had America, who went through the industrial phase and was, was still heading it, and was spending all this money in the Ford plants and spending all this money building all these materials. I was like, okay, how can we get more overhead? Well, here's a country that has a large population of people of unskilled workers that will work for less to nothing that we can get to make our products. And then America, Canada, the UK, France, everybody started putting all of their industries in China because they're like, yo, we can get all this made for free, Nike, Apple, whatever you call it, name it. It's over, it's over, it's over there. And this was happening for the past 60 years. Yeah. What white people didn't realize, and what Europe didn't realize was you were making China rich. They didn't see that. They didn't see it at that point. So China took all this money and gained all this wealth. I'm not saying everybody in China is rich, but China's a country is rich. China gained all this wealth to the point they started lending wealth. To the other first world countries like america who are now in debt to them and then it came to a point where china has so much money that now the west is like okay we can't give this much money we can't have we, we can't have a non-european country have this much power right so now what they're trying to do is like we need to find another country that has a high population of unskilled workers and put our warehouses there they tried to do it with india But when it came to India, the only thing India took to was telecommunications, right? Which is why every country around the world has a call center in India, but virtually Mm -hmm. the same thing. Outside of India and outside of China, what's the next big place of a large population of unskilled workers? It's the continent, the continent of Africa, mainly countries like Nigeria and the Congo that have the highest populations. It's the continent, right? They already speak the European languages. They're perfectly fine. They can understand you. You can get them to build these iPhones, this, is this, this. And you're seeing a lot of people switching their factories out of China into India and now into Africa. And then you're seeing China like, okay, the Europe colonized all of us for years. Let us give Africa money to build these roads, to build these schools, to build these foundational things that they need as a society. They will be in debt to us. Instead of with America where you're in debt to the IMF bank forever, now you're just in debt to China. So now you the reason why America's so mad at China is because China's doing what they wanted to do, which is colonize Africa in the 21st century. And that's what China's doing, right? It's just that Africa is the next source where everyone's gonna be moving their businesses. Now, if everybody does move their companies to Africa and they use a lot of the African population that is an extremely young population to actually work in these factories and warehouses and build this stuff, this will also give Africans money. Let's not pretend that one hand's not bleeding the other, of course, right? But I think the way that China is going about it, China's not doing that. China's creating these companies and having their people work for the companies. And then there's no money going in. There's no money coming out of Africa. They're just kind of using the space in a way. So I definitely agree with you.
1: The, the politicians <laughs> need to speak on that, man. And like, it's it sucks to say that, like, it might have to all like die out before, you know, some sort of real change for, for real. Because it's like right, a lot of those habits sure. it, doesn't, it doesn't really change. And like like I can understand the mentality where it's just like we're we're in this, we're we're in this country. We're in a third world country. Things aren't great. I'm in a great situation to take advantage of something. I need to do things for my family. And obviously that's where a lot of the shit happens. And like yeah. I understand it. It's obviously not right, but it's like it's, you know, why, why why are you doing that job if you <laughs> Well, I guess. I Thank you. Job, but like, but yeah.
0: Like, I respect what Akon is doing, but Akon's getting his money from China. Let's let's be clear about that. Yeah. But I respect I respect what he's doing for the people in West Africa and for the people in Senegal where he's from. I definitely respect mm-hmm. it. I just think it's um, it's it it's a hard pill to swallow, right? And it's just like we are always going to be the serving class, and I think there's a mentality that comes with being the serving class, like. I've grown up my whole life and I've seen black people ready and equipped to fight other black people for disrespecting them, but they won't do the same if a white person disrespects them, right? And then you are see, like I mentioned this on the podcast when Cool was on it, right? Where me and Brittany mentioned this. And it was the concept of, you see how we are conditioned to be a servant class. So I'll give you the example. It's like, you're seeing the Amy Cooper girl who was a Canadian woman in Manhattan, who stopped the guy who was a bird watcher from Harvard. And he told her to leash her dog and she mm. was I'm good. So she weaponized her privilege, right? Now, we're constantly complaining about white women weaponizing their privilege to kill us. It's been happening since Emmett Till. This was a reason for all these riots in the past. It's still happening. A white woman cries, black people die. We get it, right? And it's like a couple, I think it was two, three weeks ago, they were able to lay charges on her. And the Black guy from Harvard, the bird watcher, he went in and say he didn't want charges to be laid on her. He felt like she had enough. She had suffered her. enough. She suffered enough. And then Brittany was telling us that before this, she actually had another incident where there was a guy at work that she liked, and she stalked him, and he got a restraining order on her. And he thought that her dog being taken away and all that was enough. And I'm just like, no, no, we need to stop doing this. If this was another Black person. We have no issue with putting them through the ringer and making them suffer and getting our money or killing them. Why is it when it comes to white people? It's like, we are so afraid to commit to the action. It's like, and I understand he himself as an individual probably doesn't want the media attention. He doesn't want any of it. He just kind of wants it to go away. But you filmed it, you put it up there. It was championed. Right after that was when the killings happened and then the whole Black Lives Matter thing happened. So it was a part of all of that. And it's like, you finally have an opportunity to make an example out of somebody. So this won't happen again. And then you decide to pussy out. And then you have the other instance where you have the St. Lucian family living in the States and the white police officer went up and killed a man in his own apartment. And then they go to court and there's a black judge and there's a black bailiff and there's the black family. And the black family is saying, even though she killed our brother and son, we don't want her to suffer. We don't want her to go to jail. And then you have the judge massaging the, the white cop's hair you have the bailiff massaging her shoulders, and you have the family coming up and hugging her, and then they end up giving her a lesser sentence of like eight years when she could have got life for just going and murdering a man for no reason. And you see these cases again and again, like you have Dylan Roof, he goes into the church, kills a bunch of people, and the first thing is yeah. to give. I understand those are church people, I get the mentality. But what I'm saying is like, if a cop kills you and you finally get a cop on justice, which they did, why are you asking for the cop to get a lighter sentence like the same energy we have for each other we've, we've been conditioned to have for each other we have to have for everybody else especially people who are who are enemies in terms of mentality right so it's just like if you keep not pressing charges and not holding anybody accountable then what is the point of the riots what is the point of all this it looks like a joke everyone's gonna turn around and be like well you you got the white cop you said you didn't want a charger you got the woman who caring you. You said you didn't want to charge her. You know what I mean? It gets to the point, it's just like, and it's a conditioning that we have, which you're talking about.
1: Yeah, it's like. It, it goes to shows, like, for for us as a people, we're a spiritual people, man. Like, we, it's like, it's in our hearts to forgive. Like, I feel like, going back to the whole thing, we're conditioned to hate our, you know, to hate our own. I, it really reflects on ourselves. Like, you know, the, those people that go out and, you know, that, that dish that anger out or, you know, that want to dish anger out on other black people. They're really angry at themselves. It's really an insecurity thing. And, like, they hate themselves because of, you know. You that know, goes to the whole, you're educated
0: than me. You're white. You're living better than me. You're white. That goes to the yeah many times yeah
1: yeah so it's just like
0: yeah yeah man <laughs> this, is, this is why i say before you have kids you need to unlearn so you don't teach none of that crap to your kids because the only way to end it has to be each one teacher it can't right. be a global thing beyonce can't do a song to end everyone's mentality you got to individually do it you know
1: what i mean yeah and kids need to stop having kids man Yes. Kids need to stop having kids, man. nursery in my school.
2: Yes, man. Oh my god.
1: Because it's it's so wild, man. Like you you see it, and it's just like, damn, man. Like you feel for some of these kids. You're you're just going to be like a product of the environment, and you're just going to go into
0: it's it's a mentality. It's I'm telling you, it's like when I was growing up, I grew up in a middle class neighborhood. Eighty percent of my neighborhood was black. Ninety percent of my school was black. The white kids were the minorities. And it's just like, we had a nursery in our school. And it's like, by the time I got to 12th grade, like 20% of the population was pregnant. By the time, within my first year of college or second year of college, like 50% was pregnant. It was crazy. And it's just like, I remember growing up and hearing a lot of people say, well, my mom had me at 18. So if I have a kid at 20, it's okay. My mom had me at 16. So like, it's, it's a mentality. It's a mentality. It's it's, it's the it's, the, it's the, the the young leading the young, right? It's a mentality. Like you you see it everywhere. Like I've seen 30 year old women in my culture who have kids and drop their kids off and go, go to carnival and go to feds. Like it's a it's a mentality that needs to die, especially if you grow up in a household where there's one parent and that one parent is like that, then that's all you know, right? Like that's all you know if you go up in a household where there's two parents and your two parents are like that, then that's all, you know, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a mentality. It's, I, I, it's like I said, before you have kids, you need to unlearn because this is a generational thing. Like it's the blind leading the blind, just the blind yeah. leading the blind. You need to unlearn and reteach
1: Keep it, it, it clear. I was going to say, it's so funny because like whenever we talk about these things and like we have like these, these solutions, like I, like especially when it comes to like kids shouldn't be having kids like it makes me kind of like wonder like i i kind of understand why like you know places like china they have like a dictatorship and they're just like you know One don't, do this or don't do x or don't do y and even though it's like to an extreme like i like i can see you know i can play the devil's advocate and understand obviously it's yeah. it's still slavery but it's like you
0: empathize with them
1: yeah yeah it's it's i don't know it's 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 crazy but it's also kind of beautiful too it's like that's like the the, the world that we live in and it's it's like it's all kind of contradiction, <laughs> you know? Yeah.
3: yeah.
0: yeah. Speaking, of, speaking of contradiction, um, obviously we can't go without saying this. Over the past week, you have the Jacob Blake and then following into the Kyle Rittenhouse. Brittany, I know you like but, to run but, the pop. you want to run this? So
2: the thing that happens, the thing with Jacob Blake is the fact that you actually find out that he was breaking up a fight he wasn't actually committing a crime. wasn't doing anything. He was actually being helpful. And as he walked away, the officers decided to shoot him seven times in the back. He actually, he didn't touch an officer. Of party with a knife. That's he, what no, I he, know. he didn't touch an officer. He didn't have, he didn't, his, it's not like his hands, his hands were visible, which is sad to say that you have to make sure your hands are visible. The fact that he was actually helping somebody to stop something from happening. And then he was getting back in his car and his like, three children, I believe, had to witness their father get shot. No. Yep. And now apparently he's paralyzed. Yeah, So that's great. <laughs> no, but like, it's, it's actually disgusting. He was actually helping and doing something that we all know that if he had been white, it would have been accepted. But like, thank you so much for doing that. You know, thank you for getting involved. Thank you for trying to do this and like, you know, be like a hero, I guess. But in this case, it was like, no, I don't care. Even though I know that you weren't doing anything, even though I know that it was you were actually trying to help, I'm going to say that you did something, so it gives me an excuse to actually hurt you.
3: you, you and know, you that's know what I, it was.
0: You know what I've noticed? And I don't want to cut you off. I know you're going to get a okay. cop. You know what I've noticed is, like, there's this mentality that America has created that spawned across the world, where they have not only demonized Black skin and Black people, they have demonized Black culture. They have demonized... So even when it comes to a point like... If you look like you're into black culture, if you talk like it, act like it, dress like it, we've demonized the whole thing. Everything that's attached to blackness or black culture in the American platform, we've demonized, right? So what I mean by that is I've seen videos of white people arguing with the cops, fighting over the cops gun, having a knife in their hand and the cops not shooting them, but the cops are able to deescalate it. The last thing they'll do is shoot. Use a taser, use a knife, they will do anything. And then I've seen videos where there's a black woman in the car and her boyfriend is standing outside the car with his hands up, assuming the position finger's interlocked. And there's a cop behind him waiting to arrest him. And another cop comes, runs up behind him, kicks him in the back. Yes. Right? It and then, and then like, it's like, it's like, you know what it is? It's like, there's this culture that's been created where these people have been demonized for so long where they are not worth life. They are not worth explanation. They are not worth hearing out. They are not dignified as even worthless in a whole. It's just not worth it. So, for instance, it's like it's like the way that it works in a cop psyche is like if it's a white person who committed a crime, even if they have a gun, the mentality is okay. Let's pull out our guns, but let's talk to him and try to calm him down. Like all the movies we'd watch, Die Hard and all them in the in the nineties, like let's talk the killer down, even if even if he has a gun, even if let's talk him down, right? And then you get to the point where it's like you actually you actually want to you actually want to save that life. So I'm saying, and you get to the point where as long as the person is black, it's just like, oh, this guy's black and has a gun. Okay, so I'm going there to kill. So I- I'm not going there with the mentality to talk him down. He's black and has a gun. I'm going there and I'm ready to pull out and shoot. You know what I mean? Or he's black and has a knife. I'm going there and I'm ready to pull out and shoot. Or I'm in a black neighborhood. I've been taught to be fearful of black people. So if anybody even agitates around me, even if it's a child, I'm pulling out and shooting, right? And it's like, that's become the mentality. But yeah, Bernie, go. Well, that's like
2: when it comes to Kyle Rittenhouse, I think his last name is, when it comes to him, he actually, well, first off, the legal carrying age in Wisconsin is actually 18. He's 17 and had a machine gun. So he actually was illegally holding the gun. (laughs) He actually shouldn't have had it. Um, the second thing is, is that apparently he was actually partially radicalized by his own mother with this whole idea of, like, well, he's part of, like, a right-wing, like, white militia who think that they, yeah, it's messed up. In the
0: beginning of the video, you see him walking, and the cops know him. Yeah, they know him because he actually, he actually wants to be a cop. I'm here to protect the streets, and the cops are like, okay, do what you got to do. Yeah,
2: like, he actually wants to be a cop, and after he killed two people and injured a third, he actually walks... Backed by the officers, where they give him a high five and they give him a bottle of water.
0: They, they gave a high just, five
2: after he just a, killed two people and injured a third.
0: He killed two people, and the other people were black. He walked yeah. by the cops again. The cops gave him a high five and a bottle, of water. A bottle of water. As, as everybody was screaming, he's the killer. And he had yeah. the machine gun still strapped to his back. And then the cops went to arrest the protesters and didn't arrest him until the next
2: night. But the best thing is, is that they did a comparison online of the two ways that they portray when when something happens with a white guy versus, like, a black child. And they did it with, like, Trayvon Martin kind of saying, Trayvon Martin had, had, had m- 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 amounts of marijuana in his system at the time. Comparison to, that's one of the titles that they actually use in the news, in comparison to Kyle, where they were like, volunteer Kyle Rittenhouse, and they used a picture of him volunteering, has been arrested for, and they basically so put it first, oh, no, he's a good white kid who volunteers who does these things but oh by the way he killed two people so you know, him killing two people is an afterthought
3: which is where, where,
0: disgusting. Where they, they, they've done this to themselves now they had yeah. that one they had that one guy um brock turner who raped the white girl behind the dumpster and then he's white she's white he goes to the courtroom because he has more money they're just like we're not gonna ruin his life over five minutes of fun so it's just like you've come to the point where now you're starting to alienate your own people, right? It's just, it's it's ridiculous. It's redundant.
1: You also established rapist fun.
0: (laughs) But, But yeah, man, how do you, how do you feel about, obviously you had to see Jacob Blake and then just a day later Kyle Rittenhouse
1: well, it's like everything everything that we've seen it's like it's like it's not new information it's like it's it's how we're going to be portrayed it's how the, the the media the people that control it are going to be portray us you see the movies and when you even look deeper into it are the people who own these things who cast these things who write the stereotype the stereotypes for these things you you, you see the blueprint and it's like it's not by accident a lot of these things are not it's this it's designed like even with like the 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 dude probably the the kid probably has like an aunt that's like a journalist somewhere that has a friend that's reached out to somebody you know what like like you know what's his name kyle kyle you know kyle fucked up da 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 -da 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 -da." whereas like obviously like in in the black situation it's it's not it's non-existent if it's lucky probably even that it won't even make the paper there's so much shit that happens like locally that doesn't even make the paper that's 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 the wild thing so it's like a things get you know people or the people that are in these positions pick and choose and like a lot of it is, is political driven there's an election mm-hmm. happening what so it's just like you gotta you gotta think about a lot of these things and when we see a lot of these videos like it's more white people that kind of get scared they're, they're just like oh you know what now people are gonna i should be even more extra uh, cautious because there's other cops killing people in other states and other counties so now uh, you know, like more white families are more more, uh, more on edge and more cops are on edge. And it's like, I feel like it's designed to divide the people.
3: Yeah, just,
0: just to touch on what you touched on something earlier, it's like, I'm getting to the point where part of me is just like, you know what, man, like, Marcus Garvey said a long time ago, or Malcolm X said a long time ago, that like, Black people should just go back to Africa. It has enough room for all of us. Like, you could literally fit the whole continent of North and South America with the Caribbean in there, plus add in a bit of Europe and a bit of Asia. It has everything there. We should just go back and build. Like, my, my brother's wife is from Sierra Leone. He always tells me when he goes back, he's like, yo, there's fundamental things that they don't have. Like, they don't have a construction company. You can literally build a construction company from scratch, and you can populate the whole country with it. And you're a millionaire in like a year. Like there's so many things that we have and it's so easy to put there and you're rich in a heartbeat. Like, And I'm just like, yo, we should do it. But then the other part of me, like I realized what you were saying is like, um, I realized the masking and I've realized this for a while. It's just like, it's sad because we're all fighting the same person. And if there was a way that black people and poor whites an LGBTQ who goes across all race and religion and culture, and Muslims and immigrants and Latinos. If everyone just joined together and fought the same 1%, we'd all have our freedom. But what the 1% does is they're like, hey, poor whites, black people are the reason you don't got jobs. Immigrants from Mexico are the reason you don't got jobs. Then it's just like, we just fight like idiots, right? But obviously, it's bigger than that for us. But I'm just saying from a political context, you you can get control that way.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's like, just to add to that point too, it's like, um, like uh, you said this one thing, uh, what you say, what you say? Um, when it comes to this 1%, so like, you know, just how any kind of entrepreneur, they're just like, okay, you know what, I need to put my hours in this week to get paid to make sure I have some shit coming down the timeline. It's the yeah. same kind of shit. Okay, elections are coming up. Who, who, who do I, whose pockets do I need to fill in order to get these things up? So I need to save money on this plant because it's all bottom line. You know, I don't agree with this person's things, but they align with their interests. You know, like rich people vote their interests. <laughs> they they don't true. care. These racists, they just vote their interests. It's going to affect their wallet. They're going to go
2: pocket. to where their money can double, triple, and where they can invest so they can get the best outcome. Be like, okay, if I support sure. this person and I give them this money, then they're going to give me a kickback and then I'm going to continue to progress.
1: Yeah, and that's 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 what, that's what it is, man. That is what it is. That's been I, the name of this game.
0: I do think we have been way too loyal to the Democratic and in Canadian sense the Liberal Party. Um, I think it's because there's only there's a two-tier party, and the other party, the conservative or Republican Party, depending on where you are, has always marketed themselves as being very traditional. And with that, that means that they're against immigration. So that cuts us out here in Canada, and in America, they have traditional white Southern values, so they're against Black people. So that's always been the push. But I do think that it comes to a point where if we want something done, as much as we are not one monolith, and we, we all have a different way of thinking, but if we want something done, we have to come together every time there's an election and say, these are the five things we want within this next election. Who wants to offer it to us?
1: Yeah. Start a party and do it. Because like even like in the system, it's like you gotta look at their, their political system It's two sides of the same coin. No matter who you get, yeah. you're getting fucked. <laughs> some people just tell you straight up that we're you know, we're fucking you. And some other people are like, Oh, we're not fucking you, but yeah. we're fucking you, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like o- Obama for the past, like let's let's put it, yeah. let's let's be straight. Yeah. Like, what, what did you like? People have said it, he hasn't done anything, he didn't do anything for black people specifically. I i it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry.
1: Continue. No, no. But like, he hasn't done anything for Black people specifically, and it's just like we just kind of got, um, you know, hypnotized. But yeah, we have got a brother in the in the in the White House. You know, you know, Tupac said we're you know we're not ready to see a Black president, but we got one. But it's like just to pacify us to to put us to sleep, and yeah. it's like were well, those eight years ago? Like people were saying, oh, peace times, everything's happening, but like obviously in our own bubble. We don't see things, but everywhere else in the world, <laughs> there's so much shit happening, and like you understand why. Like a lot of you know, the terrorist groups out there, they they do what they do, and like I I can understand that.
0: Yeah, I can I can I can empathize with everyone's struggle. I think when I look at the Obama conversation, because I used to feel like that sometimes, right? And then I had to look at it from the other way, and I was like, okay, did I expect Obama to give every black person reparations in the states? No. Did I expect Obama to do anything realistically? Probably not. He wouldn't even get it passed. But I think. Obama's biggest contribution to black people was being the president. I think I, I think it was it was the vision of it which allowed a new generation of black people to see themselves differently. It's the same thing when Cosby came out with the Cosby Show in a different world. It was the vision of that household and the vision of going to school which allowed a bunch of black people to go to school. And now you have the Issa Rays and all these black people now that are reinventing what I call black media. Like it's a new black renaissance in the media now. So I think... I don't think I, I think I agree with you. He didn't do nothing specifically for Black people, but I think him being there was the thing. I think it's probably going to be up to the next Black president, male or female, to kind of take that baton and push it a bit further. But I definitely hear the argument in it, though. I definitely hear the argument. I'll
1: say I also disagree with you. I don't think it's going to take a Black president. Like I, I just think, like you know, regardless of the fact that you know, um, uh, we we saw like a Black per, we saw like Black, a qualified Black man, smart. Uh, you know, get in the White House, but you know, we're still broke. <laughs> we still don't own yeah. shit. <laughs> yes. yeah. You know, I can visualize being something all day, but then you know, it's you're stuck in this rat race. It's no policies change. You know, I can't get, I can't get qualified, even though I'm qualified. We were just talking about that same yeah. thing. Not a lot of those things change. So it's like I don't care. I don't care if it's a monkey in the White House. That's like you know that 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 only says like yeah. one word, word. If he's going to change shit for black people, I'm gonna vote for him. You know. <laughs>
0: Fair I yeah.
1: But it's just like you gotta vote where you gotta put your money where
0: you're no, back.
3: Yeah.
1: You know what? To, to be honest,
0: I remember me and you never actually got to have these conversations back in the day. I remember me and Dana used to have these, and me and you didn't get to have we started having these on social media right after everything blew up. And I'm like, I like where your head's at. Like I I knew where you were musically. Because we never had a conversation politically, I just never knew. So I just never assumed. I just think I just never had a conversation with you. But now that I'm having it, I'm realizing that me and you have always been on the same page with that. No, I like it. I like to see woke black people, and I like to see black people that are able to have this conversation. I know when we meet in person, eventually, when COVID quiets down or whatever it happens, I know we'll have this conversation again. So I think it's great that I like to see black people, see black people in a circle that have that mindset.
1: Yeah, um, man. And I, like, think,
0: I think the number one thing I always say is that I feel like a lot of black people, not only in America, but worldwide, it's like we're waiting on someone to save us. Whether that person is Jesus, Muhammad, or the white man. But it's one of the three. Like you have a lot of black people who are Islamic, who see themselves as Arab before black sometimes, and they're waiting for Muhammad to save them. They've got a lot of white people who are Christian, who do the same thing with whiteness, and is waiting for Jesus to save you. And then you got people just wait for the white man to save them in general, because that's a colonial thing. But yeah, and I just said it's that's time. the issue. <laughs> <laughs>
1: time. You're sitting here waiting for somebody to save you when you gotta be saving your damn self.
0: You save yourself. Yep. And, I, and I've said this many times. I'm like, you've seen other cultures who have done it, like you see the Jews have done it on a on a scale. I grew up in Brampton my whole life where I've seen the South Indian Punjabi populations be specific, literally come to Canada, live in the hood get basically go to like any Indian person they knew who worked in a bank get the loans buy up like half of Brampton the other half is black and like invest in the hospital like I've seen it I've seen it I remember growing up and it's like people used to joke because you and the average Indian household had like 30 people in it we used to joke but and we used to joke because Gurpreet's mom worked at McDonald's you know what I mean but yeah, the average house has five people in it. They all work these minimum wage jobs, but they're all taking the money back home. That mortgage is paid. Every, all the kids in the house have their school paid. You're not thinking that. while wow. mm-hmm. You, like, I, I, I could go on, but I know yeah. it's going to go, but yes.
1: yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll, just to add to that, too, like, you even see it with, like, a lot of, like, Asian families. Like, you know, they, they have, like, a, what? There's, like, three, what? three four three four four families living in, like, you know, like, yeah. what, a, like a three-story mm-hmm. spot. They all got like a, you know, they got a store that they all like have to work work on on the weekends for like several hours and yep. shit. And they all pool together and like, you know, they they buy, they'll buy condos for like their their kids and uh, yep. you know pay the things off until yep. they can they keep it in. Like, um, who was it? I think I saw this interview on Breakfast Club with uh, Claude Anderson. And like, I delved into the, delved into him and started like reading more on his thing. But he's like the the when it comes to the community like the dollar does this, the dollar circles like eight to 12 times like in other communities and in black communities it doesn't even circle like once
0: well the reason why it doesn't circle is because you don't have anything for it to circle like i remember so Brittany had a job before this where she worked for like um
2: i worked for a financial like planning insurance company they work with they work with families that are worth 50 million dollars or more
0: Yes, oh, wow. and they mainly worked in the Jewish community, and the office yeah. was owned by mainly Jewish people, right? And it was the sense of, like, okay, and let's just ch- let's do the GTA for a second, right? And it's just like, the blackest areas in the GTA are Brampton and Ajax. I'm saying Brampton and Ajax have the highest concentration of black people per the population. So what I mean by that is there's definitely more black people in Toronto, but Brampton, sixty percent of it's black, Ajax. 60% of it's black. Well, even though Toronto has more black people, Toronto as a city, 10% is black. You see what I'm trying to say? And it's just like when you go into these other so if you go to like York region, for example, you go into Vaughn, it's all Italians. The grocery stores are Italians, the doctor's offices are Italian, the dentist's office are Italians, the lawyers are Italians. Then you go up Highway 7 into Thornhill. Everything is Jewish. The doctor's offices are Jewish, or so if you're on bathrooms in general. Doctors' offices are Jewish. The meat shop is Jewish. Independent stores are Jewish. Dentist's office is Jewish. Everybody's Jewish. Then you go into Markham, same thing, but it's Chinese. It's Asian, right? And it's just like, so the dollar is able to circulate because it's like, my kids are going to a Jewish school. I go to the Jewish butcher. I go to the Jewish convenience store. I don't actually need to do anything. I remember me and Brittany used to work with this one Jewish girl. She said something to me on the way home one day. She's like, yo, I grew up in a Jewish neighborhood. She grew up by Bafflers and Finch. She goes, yo, I've never really had to leave my neighborhood for anything. Everything is there, right? Yeah. So it's like, so it's like, and she goes, she goes, she goes. My whole life, I've spent around Jews, like, cause everything, I don't have to leave. Whatever I want, I can get. Like, whether it's wh- whether it's beauty wise, getting my hair done, salon, whether it's anything, grocery, I can get. Like, yeah, I'll go to Walmart, but I can get whatever I want. Like, everything is there. I think that. I think Brampton was the opportunity for black people to have something like that. But I think a lot of the Indian population invested a little bit more in Brampton than the black people did. So they own the hospital and they have streets now. I think Ajax is the next opportunity. The same way when you go into Markham, you see Asian calligraphy on the banks and everywhere. It's like, you know you own the city when your calligraphy is on the Fortune 500 company. They They got money. Exactly, right? And it's it's just like, I think that in canada we have the chance to do that because we've immigrated here we don't have the same legacy of slavery outside of nova scotia we have a legacy of slavery but it's not within this country so i think you're able to do that i think there's tons of areas like you can look at kitchener waterloo guelph where you could just go and buy houses in abundance and make it a black area i think the one thing i hate is when like we try to make the hood our home and the hood is the economic home but it's not our home
1: it's not even a like, home it was given like, to like, us so like, exactly.
0: I, I always and hate we weren't supposed
2: like, to stay we're supposed to leave
0: Yeah, so I always hate when people are like, Jane and Finch is this. I'm like, no, Jane and Finch was a government housing area for new immigrants. It's just that a lot of black immigrants moved here when they first came here in the 70s. And then because they were not offered proper jobs, even though they had education from Africa and the Caribbean, they weren't able to move up. So it it kept them here. And then in the 90s and 2000s, you've seen a mass migration of those immigrants coming into Brampton, right? But it's just like, that's what it is. But this is not our home. Like, you're the only person in your household who's Canadian. How is this your home? It's not like what you see in the States where these people have lived in that neighborhood for 200 years. That's mm-hmm. why they claim to it like that, right? But no, no, I, I definitely agree with you. I know I know, we've been running for some time. Obviously, I got one more topic with a heavy heart. Um, Chadwick Boseman, man. This is new. It literally just happened the other day. Um, uh, obviously, guys, it goes without saying. Uh, today is the 30th. So it's the day after uh, we're, we're filming this podcast the day after Chadwick Bozeman passed away from colon cancer that he had for the last four years. Um, none of us were aware of this. If he did tell anybody in his inner circle, surprisingly, they didn't let it out, especially in this climate. So it was kept very under wraps. Um, nobody really knew. I know there was pictures of him looking very thin online. People just thought it was for a role um now it kind of all makes sense he was looking thin in his last movie five bloods i know you mentioned that Brittany. now it kind of makes sense um it's it's disheartening um you know I'll, I'll let you guys go first and i'll uh i'll pick it up after Brittany. go
2: ahead i would say that it's really it's really sad and for me it, it hits a little bit different for me because my aunt died of colon cancer it'll be five years, it'll be five years this year that she died of colon cancer and she had stage four colon cancer. And I remember be, like, seeing her and witnessing her go through that and how hard it actually is because she had, she has, uh, she has two sons. And when she died, the youngest son was only about 13 or 14 at the time. So witnessing if someone's going through that and they're trying is very difficult. So when I heard that he had died from that, for me, I took it completely differently because I've experienced with that like to lose somebody to that. So I can only imagine how devastating that must have been for his family and his wife. And the one thing I will say is that his his work ethic was impeccable because he, he literally made Black Panther while sick. He made Avengers, Infinity War, while sick. Civil War, while sick. And he completed Black Panther 2 while sick, which actually is crazy because he was signed to five movies and the last movie is Black Panther 2. So he actually completed his Marvel contract. He brought to life an iconic Black superhero and character that small small kids, you have little boys who are like, I'm going to be a king. Small Black boys are like, I can do this. I can be that. Seeing a nation that is, even if, even though Wakanda is fake, but to these kids, it's like, no, look at this, like they're, they're black and they're smart. And they, they created all these things. And he, he literally created a whole generation of kids who genuinely think that they can be anything, which I think is amazing. He obviously portrayed iconic characters, you know, Jackie Robinson, <laughs> he was, it, it, it actually to me is just crazy because he was so talented and his career actually was so short, but he did so much. And I feel terrible just because I can only imagine how much pain he may have been in while he was doing all of this, but he was determined to be able to complete it and to do it so that his, literally his legacy will live on forever. So, and I, re- I found out that his longtime girlfriend, they actually secretly got married in 2019. He never publicly said that they were married. And the way that it was confirmed was by the statement issued by his family saying like, you know, he leaves behind his family and his wife because no one knew they were married. It's like, it really sucks just because to know that he was going through that. And then when I heard that people had been making fun of him online, like looking skinny, I actually never really saw any of that. I just thought that he got thin for a movie role. Like when when we saw him in Defy Bloods on Netflix, I just thought that he got skinny to portray that character. Like I didn't think anything of it. And it's it's kind of makes me a little bit sad that people are like making fun of him and saying things, and now everybody's trying to like retract their statement to be like, "Oh no, I'm so sorry," because you never really know what's going on with someone online or behind closed doors, and it just goes to show that you can't you can't really judge. But obviously, he's gonna live on in a completely different way, and it's, it 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 just really sucks overall because not nothing love- can be done.
1: Yeah, I was in a session when I, when I heard and I was just like, what, Chadwick Bozeman? Like, I, I didn't, I didn't think it was real. Like, it's, it's, it's wild, man. But like, see, like individuals like him, individuals like Kobe, like just like the work ethic and just like putting it, like, you know, just believing in something and just going for it full force, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. Because like, he, what, he was, what is was he? 42? 43. 43? young, young so it's 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 so unfortunate man but like this the impact the impact well you know it's he's immortalized so it's like it's 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 a beautiful thing but like it's like i i didn't even know like he he was i didn't know he was married but like i i respect that kind of shit like it's like when you have especially like like these days where everything is well everybody's putting their stuff all over social media and it's a positive yeah yeah yeah, so it's just like the dude was all about his business. He separated his family or well, personal and business and kept it you know, kept it straight and handled his shit. So yeah. It's wild.
0: Yeah, no, I, I definitely feel the same. Um, I like the fact that he's not about the peasantry. Uh mm-hmm. where he knows I'm not the biggest social media person. I always find that when you put it on social media it's kind of fake. I've never really <laughs> wanna extend my life on social media like that as other people do. Yeah. But especially in our age, it's it's a lot of passenger. And it doesn't even last long and then it just seems redundant. But um, no, I the way that his projection was going, he was gonna be the next Denzel. There was yeah. like there's yeah. to me to me the Mount Rushmore of black actors was Morgan Freeman, Denzel. I can't remember his exact name, but the black guy in Breaking Bad, he was also oh. in the oh, movie. Yeah, yeah. What's oh. his name? He was also in the movie Colors. He's been in so many movies. Mm-hmm. He's, 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 um, he's Hispanic. I can't remember his name. I know who you're talking about. I can his name. He was the drug kingpin in Breaking Bad.
1: Yeah, Gustavo Fring guy. Yeah. Gustavo
0: Fring. Yeah, him, he's done some phenomenal roles. And I feel like he's one black actor that he never gets to notice for some reason. Like, I never see people bring... And I'm pretty sure it's because America has a context of what is black. And because he's from the Dominican Republic, he probably doesn't get seen as black, even though he's black. But you know how that goes, a whole different topic. But, um, yeah, I would say him, um, Morgan Freeman, Denzel, um, and Chadwick Boseman was right there for me, as well as Morgan, Morgan um, Fishman, but, Chad, but Chadwick Boseman was right there for me. I think the roles that he did, he specialized in biopics. His only fail to me was Gods of Egypt. And that was just because,
3: yeah. that
0: was more because I didn't bother to see it because I'm tired of seeing Egyptian, particularly <laughs> white people. So I didn't, I didn't care to see it. And I know a lot of people protested that movie, but everything else he did from Therabon Marshall to Jackie Robinson to, to Black Panther, James like it was just iconic, iconic. We watched um, just, just yesterday, um, 21 Bridges, 22 Bridges.
2: 12, we watched, yeah. And then we also watched um, Message from the King. Message from mm-hmm.
0: the King. Both amazing movies. Yeah, right. um, I just, I really thought, like, the world was his. Like, Michael B. Jordan, the same, but he had the more profound roles, obviously, because he's older, right? But he was right there with Idris Elba. Like, they were one and two. The, the world was his, right? And it's just, it's sad. Um, I think he's left his mark on it. I know we have one more Black Panther movie that, that they've already filmed. So I think that's his last thing. I know that will be huge. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's sad to lose somebody so young, and a lot of people don't think he's that young, but he's young. Like it's a gift to get older. And I'm realizing that as I get older,
3: mm-hmm.
0: obviously you gotta take care of your health. Having cancer is something you can't prevent, right? But um mm-hmm. it's 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 just sad, man.
3: Yeah, life there, is but, short
1: and like just sort of cut you off, man. Um <laughs> life is short, but like it's you know, he he obviously knew was he was it stage four he had? He had
2: yeah. stage three.
1: Stage three. Yeah. So like he knew it was bad. Like I don't know if um, I, I'm not too familiar with like um, like the, the different stages of colon cancer and like how like uh, I guess uh, like I guess how potent it is and how much time you stage have. Stage four is like... the
2: worst, and so is stage three. So once you pass stage one, and you keep going up in stages. It becomes harder for your body to actually like do things right. because you have you have to like you have constant surgeries because literally your body, literally your body is deteriorating. Like eventually your organs shut down. So like you, you're fighting to survive. So him having stage three colon cancer and doing what he did is very impressive, <laughs> like very.
1: Yeah, but we should take that, we should take that. We should take that as a people and you know, even no matter how how we've been portrayed in the, you know, in this in this world that we live in, the this society of this, this matrix, um, like just, it's, it's, it's never too late to, to, to make a change, like an actual change, you know?
2: I don't agree. Justin didn't even believe me when I told him that Chadwick Boseman died. I was on the phone with him, and I was scrolling, and all of a sudden I see Chad, Chadwick, Chadwick Bozeman has passed with the age of 43 of colon cancer, and I stopped, and I said it to him, and Justin's like, no, 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 He's like, you know what, sleep on it. Maybe tomorrow it'll be something. And I'm like, no, no, Justin, <laughs> like, it, it's real. Because when I start reading off all the news outlets, and I'm like, People is talking about it, Us Weekly, New York, like every single major outlet was like on it. And then I go onto his Instagram because I followed him on Instagram and I see the issue from his, his family. And I'm like, no, no, it's real. And Justin was like, no. <laughs> he was like, no, it's not real. His reaction was actually it's, crazy to see he genuinely did not believe me.
0: It's really hard, man. I think the main thing I want people to get from this is like, I think at this time, I know talking about mental health And depression is starting to be a normalized thing in the Black community, at least in the Western Black community, uh, which is good. So UK, Canada, America, basically, Um, France and so on. But I just think that, like, it's if you if you're Black and you're having issues, you really need to talk to other people because I understand it. It's, It's deep. It's deep. You start from Nipsey, you go to Kobe and you just go down the line. And it's just like, and then you talk about everybody that was killed by the police and the fact that you had to watch it over the last decade. Like, Trayvon Martin died, like, in, what, like, 2012 or 13? Like It's it's almost a decade. You know what I mean? You've had to watch people die every day online. you got to witness it. Like, it's, 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 it's disheartening, man. So I think if you really are having a struggle, I know everybody has struggled with mental health or at least depression sometime in their life. I know I have. So if you really are going through it, I think having someone there to actually talk to and even if you don't have anybody there and you want to go the route of getting a therapist, do it, man.
3: Yeah.
1: Do what's necessary, man. And like, I find people, a lot of people need to you know, spend a lot of time with themselves and actually get to, you know, get to know themselves because mm-hmm. like, and like, maybe like the quarantine was a good um, is a good opportunity for some people to take advantage of that. But like people really need to like get in tune with themselves and be by themselves and know who they are get in tune with their feelings and uh, like, you know, how to know how to move and actually how to, communicate because like it's you know we a lot of people they they get mad they you know they they make permitted decisions off of temporary feelings you know (laughs) so it's like getting to know yourself and it's just like really um just really ground yourself before you can yeah now i'll say that i'll say that twice even somebody's looking to get in a relationship how you going to know yourself and how you're going to how you expect to love somebody else and make yourself somebody else happy if you can't oh that is a i
2: agree that That is is so true yep
0: over yeah. the years, the best thing to do while you're dating is... I remember, I always tell Daniel, I'm like, man, I hate people that get in relationships and never self-reflect on what they might have done wrong or what they might have done. The best thing to do is self-reflect on all of your relationships. Forgive those people. Forgive yourself and move forward. Don't bring that shit into a new relationship. Um... Like, even me and Brittany, like, I'll talk about stories about my ex, but I never talk bad about any of my exes. She knows that. I've never said that word. I more talk about stories about development and how I went through this to realize this. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And it allowed me to know myself more. So when I met her, I already knew who I was and what I was looking for, basically. No, I agree with you, man.
3: Yeah. uh, uh, Yeah.
1: It's so funny. We say these things, like, it's kind of simple. But, you know, (laughs) I guess when you try to tell it to, like, What, five other billion people? (laughs) I think it's a loss in translation. It's like a telephone effect. (laughs)
0: I've I've, I've seen people in their 30s, our age, who because they never self-reflect is blame everybody else for their issues and problems. You see it. Like it starts off where it's like, where it's like they start subjugating certain groups of people that they've dated. So it's like, okay, I'm no longer going to talk to Jamaican guys. Okay. I'm no longer going to talk to gangan guys. Now it's all black guys. Now it's no Toronto guys. Now I'm going to talk to the U.S. guys. Now it's no U.S. guys. And it's like, no, the common denominator is
1: you. Is you. <laughs> yeah.
0: one, one person. And like
2: one person, that. Yeah,
0: like yeah. if one person comes along and says that you're stripping, then it's one person. But if 20 people are saying you're stripping, then you're stripping. Like,
3: it's you. It's you. It's like, <laughs> like, nobody
0: gets that. Nobody gets that. It's like, I, and I'll see people in their 30s and still talking about men ain't shit, women ain't shit. And I'm just like, bruh. If, if you're 25 talking about niggas ain't shit and women ain't shit, cool. If you're 30 still talking about niggas ain't shit and women ain't shit, now I look at you weird. Because now I'm like, you're grown. Like, you're not some young girl or some young guy. Like, you're talking like that now? I'm like, it's you. Or the people that you hang around with. Because not everyone's like, I understand it, but not everyone's like this. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, a lot of people, they, they don't realize that they create their own realities, you know? Yeah. Like, the, the, the shit that you project. At, well, obviously, your thoughts... Yeah, your your thoughts become words. Words become actions. Actions become lifestyle.
2: Exactly. And I guess
1: your lifestyle becomes legacy. I guess, <laughs> but yeah. people uh, just need to need to think about it. And I know, and I know it's hard, especially with everything that's going on. All these distractions. All of you know the the traumatic things. You know, seeing brothers getting killed, like. It's it's so, it's so weird how like how how desensitized well we all are like the shit that you see like the shootings like just the one the one shooting where the dude got shot like seven times in the back yeah. like I couldn't find that on like I had to find that on like a, a site like Best Gore like maybe five six years ago but you see that on the news feed now that, uh,
0: like Facebook
1: right. yeah, bro it's on the news it's on the tube. yeah it's I remember
0: like, back in the day when I entered college and they they had the beheadings of like. People being being beheaded by al-Qaeda, old group you guys may not know about. And I remember you had to go on, like, the underground web to watch that. If that happened now, that beheading would be on Facebook.
2: Yeah. yeah. And it would just have that sense. This is sensitive content thing over it that you click to remove <laughs> so you can watch it. And you're like, it's so sad.
0: It's like, and death is really desensitized, especially for certain people, right? But yeah. it's... Yeah, man, it's, uh, it's, it, it's sad. I think, I think we definitely have to, um, work together. I think we have to unlearn. And then I think we have to learn to love each other. And I think we have to become comfortable with working together until it's normalized. And I think that yeah. alone will change our outlook and our perspective. I think in terms of changing racism globally, it's never going to happen. But I think if we can come together, we can hold up a larger front.
2: Agreed. Okay. Yeah. Now,
0: when something happens, there's a fair, you know what I mean? Like, there's retribution that has to be had rather than how it is now where it's just
3: like, yeah.
0: So, um, no, man, um, I think we touched on literal everything. I know this was supposed to be a very upbeat, R&B-centric podcast. I had some R&B questions, but the world got dark in the matter of two weeks, so it just is what it is. It was still upbeat. <laughs> yeah. it, was it, still was.
2: it was still upbeat. Yeah.
0: It was <laughs> still upbeat. It was still upbeat. Man, I'm, I'm really happy I'm really happy that you joined on um, I'm happy that I'm able to have friends who are actual artists in the industry to bring them on as well it makes for a better podcast it's, everything's just more smooth um, I respect that as well um, before I let you go what's your next step I know um, symphony dropped and then I know you that us a while ago and I know you dropped the single staycation. What's your next step going forward in terms of dropping music? And of course, where can they find it? Plug,
3: plug, plug.
1: Right, so you can find everything on all your streaming platforms, your Spotify, your iTunes, your Tidal, your Apple Music everything just type Del Hartley, delhartley.com. dot com. Um uh, you can find me on Instagram, that's where I'm most active, uh, Del Hartley Official. Um I'm dropping singles right now, working on a project, looking to put together like a visual album. Um okay. uh, yeah, so that that's gonna like be the whole Beyonce movie. on. Oh something some, something similar, yeah. right? And, like I, I got a, I got a film background so it's like I wanna be very, very hands on with it. And like and I actually want people to people slash patrons actually, you know, pay the like, pay like pay for this. Like yeah. So that's that's just what I'm working on right now. Just um, practicing, just getting my stuff together, uh, watching more news, things, having more conversations like we just had today, and just try to put into the music, you know.
0: No, no, that, that's definitely good, awesome. man. And I love to see an I love to see an artist that has a lot of insight um, into their music, but also into their lifestyle as well. And you're definitely that. So that's that's it's definitely great to have you on. Um, as you guys know, you can plug him on everywhere, as the man just said.
2: I'll have everything listed down below. So like anyone watching on YouTube, it'll be in the down bar. Anyone who's listening to the podcast, either if it is through i if it's through iTunes, like the podcast or Spotify, it'll also be listed in the description. So you guys will be able to see it. And I'll also be sharing it on Awkward and Blacks Instagram too.
1: Yeah. And one more thing, make sure that uh, I guess everybody who's watching this subscribe to Awkward and Black because it's, it's, <laughs> so, it's so great that you guys are putting on this great platform and bringing on people, uh, individuals like me to, you know, to share my story and share my, you know, just my perspective. So, like, I, I respect that. And thank you, guys. No, thank, oh,
3: thank you. Thank we you. definitely
0: appreciate you. <laughs> I, I, one, one, one day we're going to look back and this is going to be one of those vintage recordings that.
3: <laughs>
0: I, I, <laughs> <laughs> or it's going to be one of those vintage recordings that used to cancel you. I know, right? Cancel. I'm going to
1: be like, what's up,
0: Lord. Uh, well, Odyssey, for the both of us, we're happy to have you on. You guys can look for him. That's Del Hartley. That's Del 1L. I remember that moniker. And you guys can look for him everywhere, man. And we will tag you in everything. Uh, for the YouTube clips, we will, we, you, you'll know. I'll be sending over all the links. You got it.
1: Hey, appreciate you guys.
0: All right, man. Thank, thank you. you. It's another episode of Black. You guys can catch us in a minute.
2: Bye.